Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. The been thinking about McDonald's all day. Can't get it off my mind. I can already taste it. Ooh, got my mind on my mouth and my mouth ready for some Mickey D's deal. There's a deal for every moment at McDonald's. Right now, get two of your favorites for just $3.50. Mix and match a classic McChicken, a hot and spicy McChicken, or a juicy McDouble. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Single item at regular price. Corn. I've got my feet up in the studio. You've like broken your leg or something. Yeah, I don't understand what's episode going on. 160 <laughs> of the No Encore Music Podcast. I, I, I took a chair over and I put my feet on it. I'm the, like, your sitting, feet are yeah, right beside kind of like me. Half reclining right beside now. It's like That's a weird so power weird. move. But <laughs> <laughs> it's comfortable. I'm comfortable. What, would you prefer like a hammock? Do you want us to bring oh in a hammock God, next? Yes. <laughs> can, can we do that? <laughs> your position is kind of like you're on a chaise lounge or something like that. Yeah. It's quite yeah. Like, like you have to pay me like one of your French girls. You have to imagine listening. But right now, I am very comfortable and it's very enjoyable. It doesn't look that comfortable. No. It looks kind of like, I don't know, like a. How long are we going to talk about this? I think you've put your feet up, you've thought it was going to be comfortable, and now you're Don't regretting it. Yeah, and now you have to follow through yeah, yeah. because we've, we've mentioned Pointed it and talked about it. your finger out throughout that entire <laughs> disparagement. I would absolutely do the podcast from a hammock. Oh, yeah. Yeah, if we all got hammocks, that's the dream, isn't I it? Podcast from a hammock. I have been wondering if we should start like a Patreon for the No Encore show. We probably hammocks. Should. What, to get hammocks? Well, no, no, to get paid. <laughs> to get paid. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, Johnny. First you get the money, yeah. then you you get (laughs) one hammock please where's the money oh hang on yeah i don't have it i'll just start a patreon and be back to you in six weeks no like a patreon if we were to start one and i'm really thinking out loud here uh, it would be for like you know studio costs overheads and perks such as a hammock (laughs) 
one hammock, which I would we have to reveal beforehand that we're. I suppose we're doing it now. Doing it right now. Yeah. This is called transparency, listener, and I hope you appreciate. We could have one giant hammock with all of us in the hammock, and then have the microphones kind of like above. No. Sort of thing. This is not at all. (laughs) Three hammocks, okay? Like, but ultimately the first one is mine. (laughs) Ultimately. I've never like okay. Right, You've fine. never had a hammock. Yeah, confession time. Okay. You've I've never, never had a hammock. I've never had a hammock. I've never had, had a hammock. Have you had a futon? No. Oh, you've, I've had a futon. There's there's a guy in the, the apartment block across from mine who has a hammock in. And the hammock is literally the length of his entire tiny balcony, and there's nothing else on it but a singular. <laughs> Is he, and is I haven't he, seen him on it yet, but I'm just he, waiting for this. Like, and it's not even in the sun; it's just like his entire balcony is just one is he long. A pirate? Sounds kind of great. He could be a pirate. Or is he like a crocodile hunter or something? <laughs> Have you moved to the bayou? <laughs> Actually, he hasn't. Uh, that's Dahi Adrani speaking, by the way, everybody. Hello. Hi. And that's Craig Fitzpatrick, everybody. <laughs> uh, I've seen Dahi's new gaff. Dahi's got a swank new gaff for everyone. Oh, thank you very much. When's the house party? Yeah. Uh, as soon as I get uh, more furniture. All right. I heard Mango and Mathman are DJing your housewarming. <laughs> is that what you heard? What? <laughs> heard it here first. <laughs> not, not Dave, no. Were you, were you I've hoping been bounced to? out. Have you, oh, have you finished painting? Uh, I haven't finished painting. I've started painting uh, the, 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 the things around the door. What's the thing around the door? It's not border? A is it a border? It's a door frame. A sp- yeah, the door frame. There we go. That's what it is. <laughs> Hang on. Uh, how, much, so, how much would you say you have left to do painting-wise? Um, In terms of... I have another time. I have another room and then another... But you see, I'm kind of getting into the... Uh, like, the painting is a very kind of, like, nice meditative thing. Yeah. So I'm kind of... I'm, I'm, I think I might be a bit of a solo painter. I'm doing a solo career in painting. No, no, no. I'm not trying to shoo home my way back in here. Okay. Um, <laughs> what I am... That's what you were doing. No. Uh, why, why can't I just fucking... Like, why <laughs> must there always be, like, a degree of suspicion with everything that I do? <laughs> So essentially, like right? The chair with the fucking feet. Up. I'm very comfortable, <laughs> as has been established. One of my, f- in fact, one of my feet has gone to sleep. So there you go. It's all working out exactly. <laughs> it looks so uncomfortable. As I planned. Do you know what it, it kind of looks like? You, like what you would look like if you were in the bath. So is that what this? I is? had a bath. Oh my god! All right, we need we need a jingle at this point. <laughs> I had a bath. Dave on bathing. Can you can you can you park? Can you remember that? Yeah. Yes. Of I course. had a bath. Write it down. Uh, but no, I was going to say like I was walking across the street to Dublin yesterday, Dahi, right? Right. And I thought of you, and I thought. I wonder if he's still painting. I must make him a playlist specifically designed for Ooh, painting. Ooh, that's good. And then I thought, wait a second, he bounced me out. Fuck him. <laughs> However, I might make you a playlist. What would you put don't on that Don't take a playlist? photograph. <laughs> <laughs> I right, don't want a photograph We won't this. use it then. <laughs> you will not, we will not use it. You can, take, you can take a photograph of my legs <laughs> in the position that they're currently okay. in. All right. And we can put that on the No One Quarter again. Get a landscape one. They look better on Twitter, <laughs> I find. Yeah, Get okay. a landscape that's not, one. No, no, you're taking a portrait shot right there. It's very evident, by oh, the way. Sorry, there you go. Sorry. Thanks, yeah. Works in advertising, everybody. Knows how to operate a phone. There you go. Thanks. This is really magic podcasting. So it is magic podcasting, because to be fair, the news section speaks a bit weak, so we might as well just go all in the preamble. (laughs) Uh, On the show this week, by the way, we will be speaking with Sarah Corcoran of Pillow Queens. We will be reviewing the debut album, the very anticipated debut album from Fontaine's DC. It's called Doggerel. And we also will be presenting you with a brand new, revamped Songs of the Week structure. But first... (laughs) Structure. <laughs> I like the way he said, <laughs> brand new songs of the week structure. 
<laughs> yeah, it didn't work, did it? Yeah. Anyway, so, uh, but first, yes, of course, there's only one thing to talk about after last weekend. I had a bath, and uh, <laughs> the bath was well-earned, I think we can agree. Uh, it was a really good weekend for me, uh, because I had a really good reaction to the picture of this piece. Yes, yeah, it went down very uh, well. Thank you very much to everyone who has shared the piece, talked about the piece, uh, and hasn't sent me too much in the way of hate mail. Uh, I was, you, that's the most yeah. interesting thing, yeah, there's been any backlash. Uh, yeah, okay, well, for anyone who's tuning into Noanko for the very first time, as I assume we have a deluge of new listeners every single week, um, <laughs> I wrote a, I went to see a picture of this, Five Nights in a Row in the Three Arena, I wrote a lengthy piece about it on joe.ie, uh, go read it, please, it's in my pinned tweet on Twitter at Hanready Dave. I'm not going to keep plugging it every single episode, so I'm just getting it out of the way now. Sounds but good. Uh, yeah, so um, first of all, Saturday morning, I tweeted it out, and it's that thing of like the shit thing about like modern journalism, and I guess it's the same for musicians or any creative types, really, is that like once you put your thing out into the world, you can then sit there in real time and track how well it is or is not, quote unquote, doing. Um, and Get I was dopamine hit. Yeah, I got a lot of dopamine hits because it did well. But ultimately, if it hadn't gone well, I would have been horrifically depressed because that's the fucking that, that's just the way it is now. You yeah. like, you can like see the analytics. You can see you know the retweets and the likes and the comments and the engagement and people sharing it independently and so on, or a complete lack thereof. And I was kind of petrified because it was like this was a you know a feature that was six months in the making. Um, I put a lot of work into it. I sold it big. I did the best thing I could possibly do with it. And then I hate the fact that, and it's even true of this podcast, I hate the fact that, like, once you have the thing and you've put yourself into it as much as you possibly can and you've created this thing that you think is good, you then have to put it out in the world and you have to also, you know, you have to market it, you have to sell it well, you have to do whatever. Mm-hmm. And even, like, you know, like, it's it sounds really sad, but it's true, and I'll tell you. On Saturday morning, like, I was sitting there at my computer and I'd written, like, six different ways of what I was going to say for, for Twitter. You know this, because I was, like, sending some of them to you. <laughs> yeah, and you were like, probably, like, fucking posted. <laughs> Jesus <laughs> Christ. <laughs> uh, but then my housemate, uh, who's, a, who's also a journalist, uh, was happening by. And he was like, did you post it yet? And I was like, no, I'm actually struggling with the fucking cell, man. And then he goes to me, oh, I'm great at this. Let me do it. <laughs> and then he did it. And I used his words and I went out. And I don't know if this had any bearing or one way or the other. But ultimately, uh, it, was a, it was a great day from the point of view of like just seeing it take off. It, it fucking flew. It, it quote unquote did well. People seem to really like it hmm. for the most part. And yeah, I mean, it, it just made it feel all worthwhile. And I, But I hate that that's a thing. I hate that you have to now measure yourself in that yeah well i suppose in you know in that profession it kind of makes sense to extend from a business point of view but everyone is now doing that too like on a smaller scale where they're looking for that dopamine hit i guess and there is a legitimate dopamine hit i mean like Doggy and I went and had a nice lunch and hung out with a great dog. That, that was a dopamine hit all of its own. It was great. There was two lovely dogs. There was lots of dogs. And Where were these dogs? We went uh, <laughs> nearby to a local... Um, dog establishment. Lock 12, it's called. Lock oh, the 12. 12th lock? 12th lock. 12th lock. 12th lock. 12th lock. <laughs> but lock 12. So yeah, so it was a nice, it was nice, it was a sunny day, you know, I was feeling good about myself, and then later on I found myself kind of spent watching a bit of Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice, one of the worst films of all time, <laughs> and around about the time when Batman shatters a kitchen sink, or a bathroom sink rather, over Superman's head, I was like, you know what, I think I've had enough of the day, I'm going to retire now. I went upstairs, and I thought, you know what, you know what I've earned, you know what I'm going to do, that's right, bath. 
Okay. Ooh. It happened, Craig. <laughs> Any oils put in? Uh, no, just some like dove stuff, I suppose. You know? So yes. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, just uh, a bit of dove stuff. Say what else? Yeah. Lit a couple of candles too. Oh, Be nice. careful with that. You don't but, lose you. Uh, <laughs> going away from the bath for a minute. Can we go back to the original question? Like, was there any negative reaction oh, yeah. to the fucking Jesus, picture? Yeah. This probably asked that. <laughs> for <fuck's sake. laughs> uh, not really. There was a couple of people like uh, tweeting at me, being like, "Oh, you're cool, aren't you?" Uh, there was a pretty funny one on. Like, I didn't. I didn't read the joke. Maybe they were being like genuine. No, you're cool, were. aren't you? <laughs> no, no. Some, someone, someone said that I was a, a beta male. Oh, oh right. Okay. Yeah. My favorite one though was like on the Joe Facebook page. I, I didn't look at all the comments. I looked at the first few that came in, and then I ran away from it. Um, some guy uh, wrote. This isn't gonna get you laid, dude. <laughs> I mean, he's right. <laughs> I was like, uh, yeah, he's looking to get paid though. It's his job. <laughs> like, you got me there. You know? But was, was there like, was there any major like picture this fans? Was there any no? Picture this to my surprise, back? nothing. I mean, like, I mean, like, I didn't go looking for it. Yeah, um, and I didn't go. I someone did send me though that the singer from Picture This put up a tweet saying that you know he was gonna take a social media break for a while, and I was like, I wonder if that's even related. It probably isn't. And then he like tweeted under it 10 minutes later and going oh just kidding guys I'd miss you all too much <laughs> and I was like oh because for a second there I was like oh, I, thought, I thought I had him April 1st or something <laughs> I, was like, I, was like, I, I thought I had him <laughs> like, I thought I did it ladies and gentlemen we got him but alas but no um, I don't know I, I've had no direct abuse or reaction from anybody I haven't seen any I wonder is that stuff. like does that say something about the you know fan base and how voracious they are for the band or because you know if it had been say the stripes or I can't see how it would have affected <laughs> them in any way but I think that ultimately okay like I'll say this right after all the fucking postulating and you know slapping my own back here and, and talking about the amazing bath I had um, what I will say is and the reason I mentioned the bath is, you know, go back to the, go back to the 975 episode for the context. Of this, please, there is a reason. Uh, <laughs> I'm not that much of a weirdo. <laughs> yes, you are. So, <laughs> like, all here. I'm trying to say is this: uh, the, the thing that was genuinely gratifying was that, like, a lot of people said that. First of all, a lot of people said that you know, this is really. Uh, you know compelling long form music journalism and if it is I mean like it's not for me to say that but like people did say it and they were like this is great that this still exists and it fucking is and it's nice as well that I can now go back to my fucking bosses and be like like what are we doing next you know like I mean I, and I'm really gonna start thinking of ideas and I, I want to do more stuff like this not specifically like this one but like immersive exactly like yeah, this one. <laughs> six nights a picture this please um but also that like people were just kind of they took it in the spirit which it was. They they recognised that it wasn't a hit piece, that it wasn't uh, a complete takedown and that there was nuance to it and it was about a bigger picture and ultimately, you know, they people seemed to just... They didn't think it was personally fucking killing the guys and, yeah, it, and yeah. it wasn't. And that was nice because it meant that I was like, cool, I, I, I managed to... But that was to, really important from the outside. Hugely like. important because ultimately, you know, I'm, a, I'm not a fan of them, but I, I don't hate them and I don't wish any ill will upon them. I mean, ultimately, it, it, I think Craig kind of alludes to an interesting point that I made in the piece as well where it's like, no one's really going to come to these guys' aid, you know? Like, they, they seem to exist in this different periphery. Mm, yeah. And, you know, someone even was like, oh, you know, would you would you tag them in? And I was like, no, nah, I wouldn't because ultimately there is criticism in there. I think it's criticism that they should be fucking man enough to walk off. But, you know, that's up to them. If they even fucking read it. Like, who knows? But it was good. Well, I, like, you know, you, out of courtesy, you wouldn't tag them because it seems pointless. But a better question is maybe, would you walk out of a room if they were in it? No, you wouldn't. No, of course yeah, not. No. That's, that's, that's I would challenge them to barometer. a brawl. <laughs> <laughs> All four of them. I'd grab the I'd grab the bassist five string <laughs> and I'd use that as a weapon. Uh, what do you guys do? we, we got to stop talking about this because it, it, it's straying into genuine ego massage territory. 
And we've still got the rest of the podcast for that. Last weekend, what did I do? I was at Offset, which was interesting. A lot of creative people talking about their careers and... It was a bit kind of like self-randomizing, I think, to be honest, rather than helpful. But it was, yeah, it was still interesting. So that was me. That was my weekend. Thank you for summing that up in 10 seconds. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> Dahi, what did you go I to? did very little. I was painting. That was my main thing. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Meditating and while like painting. Looking after the place. The old looking after the place. <laughs> 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 okay. Looking after the place. Right. The yeah. lights off with a baseball bat just sitting there drinking <laughs> Sipping on a beer. <laughs> <laughs> that guy in that hammock. <laughs> I don't know. I don't trust uh, him. I don't know about that guy. <laughs> so yeah, um, thank you both for summing up your weekend in approximately one seventy. Oh, I saw us, if you want to talk about <laughs> yeah, that. Us, which yeah. you did not enjoy. And I had some problems with, but... Uh, well, I've already kind of talked about us on No Popcorn yes. Episode 3. Yeah. The Dirt slash Straight Outta Compton, which is out now in your podcast feeds. Go there to hear what I thought of us. But Craig, why don't you tell us? Um, obviously not a patch on Get Out. Not a um, patch, yeah. I thought the premise was great. I thought some of the acting was absolutely terrific. And it was an ent- entertaining watch. But there was a certain point where, I won't spoil any of it, but it just kind of seemed to fall apart, logically, yeah. in my head. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, there was a lot of people coming out of the cinema being kind of like, well, hang on a sec now, yeah. if this is this and this and this. Yeah. But like, and I don't think that was it being too clever. I think it was it just f- making a few missteps and yeah. reaching a bit. First act was really good. I yeah. thought, I thought yeah, it worked really, really well. Um, yeah, I, it, you kind of nailed it there. It's I think it was a pretty entertaining watch. I think the premise is actually kind of cool. Yeah. If it was treated like better towards the second half, it might have been a, a really, really good um, bit better or something. The like that, music but. choices, sensational. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What yeah. worked really well. Where they moved to the the orchestrated version. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah that was really good. Yeah, I Got Five on it is a great track. I thought the use of Fuck the Police was embarrassing. Oh, I thought that was great. It was embarrassing. What are you talking about? First of like... all, because you, know you know where that joke is going, and I thought, I thought it would have been The Police. Yeah, yeah. But even the fact, it's still the same gag, and I was just like, this is student-level shit, mate. No, I thought that worked. No. It totally worked in a moment, yeah. Totally punctured the whole the scene was revolting. <laughs> in what sense? It's supposed to be, but... <laughs> no, it's meant to be like, let's laugh at the white family getting murdered. And it was like, hey... And like I said in the other episode, I'm all for reversal of tropes. I'm all for, like, you know, the white person being the victim... Or not the victim, but, like, the kind of... The throwaway, I don't think it was just the white person. The throwaway yeah. murder. Like the, the rich person. Like That's the, where the film lost me, though. Was the what, dicks, basically. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, but again, like, like, terribly written character. Like, like, you've written these characters purely to kill them and like that's nothing new in horror but like come on like don't don't sell me that you're making you know elevated social thrillers and then lean back on the hackiest of horror tropes like don't fucking tell me you're like the new innovator of everything and when you give me a film that I've seen a million times and I've seen it done better yeah. the film sucks mate don't think so I thought it was quite cool <laughs> yeah, I thought it was really entertaining it was like a 7 out of 10 <laughs> anyway right. fair enough uh, I, look it could always be worse man you know like the Beatles sons could be forming a band or oh Christ could be oh shit oh no okay it's actually a thing <laughs> yeah I, do you know what somehow I don't think this is going to happen because it's one of these stories that kind of crops up every you know 4 or 5 years um, is but, it? Yeah, it actually is. I've heard this kind of before. Um, there's direct quotes from son of Paul McCartney, James McCartney. Um, is that his full name, is it? <laughs> yeah. Paul McCartney's first name is actually James as well, so he didn't even give him an original name. It's just like, oh, I feel really bad for that. That video of James McCartney is so funny, though. You've seen that one where 
uh, there's an amazing video online if you have a look where yes. uh, James McCartney um, is doing a TV show with his band, and it's... the the, ba- the the TV show go, oh, and we've we've found a fan uh, who's going to send you a message. And he's like, oh, cool. Paul cuts to Paul McCartney, and he's like, join oh, screen. Hey, hey, dude, keep going with the rock. Do 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 do. It's incredible. <laughs> like he's five and years well old. Like it's so upsetting. It's so upsetting and so awkward. And like, what's the son's reaction to it? Well, James McCartney's trying to be serious, and he's just like, oh, cool. That, that's great. But that guy. Is so vapid, like he literally has no personality. That guy, he's very, he's just not it. Closed like, he's, off, like, like yeah. and even the performances on either end and anything that he's done. Like, Sorry, he's can just, I just say, just uh, doesn't have Dahi it. briefly turning into this Fengali from the seventies. There, with one, <laughs> you're just not it. <laughs> you're not, it's not it. Um, <laughs> when you watch him play live, it's just like, no, nah, you don't have it. Like, yeah, I didn't I, even uh, know that his son he, was a musician. He only started playing music when he when he turned thirty or something like that, and then you know, as did Leonard not, Cohen. There you go. <laughs> Case um, I was supposed to interview him. Um, once, I, yeah, I wish uh, James McCartney, and it was like one of those things where I was told day of kind of thing. It was before his show in Wheelands, I think, mm. and I knew nothing about him. It hadn't heard of him like with his musical career before at all. I started doing some research, and immediately was just like, "Oh God, no." Because he's just like so closed off in interviews. There's just nothing there. How about your There's dad? Eh? Yeah. Like, and uh, yeah, he didn't do it in the end. And I, it was just a relief. But anyway, he has been talking about working with Sean Lennon and Danny Harrison. Um, he said that actually Ringo Starr's son, Zach Starkey, who is uh, actually one of the most successful musicians out of all of them, isn't keen on the idea. But otherwise, yeah, it's something they might do. Um, so I don't Sounds know. horrific. Sounds so bad. Such a bad idea. There's yeah. At the end of the story as well, they kind of go like, uh, Beatles legend Paul McCartney revealed that he and his former bandmates had often discussed reforming the band, but had ultimately decided against it in case they tarnished, tarnished their, their legacy. legacy. <laughs> well, these guys don't have a legacy. So. <laughs> <laughs> but they would tarnish the Beatles' legacy by forming, surely. Yeah. What are they going to be called? <sighs> See, you can't even think of it. Wings <laughs> too. <laughs> the band the Beatles should have been. Winging it. <laughs> yeah, I hope this doesn't happen. Quite frankly, I hope it doesn't I mean, for them. Li- but, like joking aside, I mean, and you know, they've obviously lived hugely privileged lives, and it could be a worse existence. It must be tough being in such gigantic shadows. Sure, right? and like, yeah. to be tough. fair, there is a gap in the market now. Now that the stripes have limped off this mortal coil, <laughs> you know, well, it would be more kind of sons of Rolling Stones. I say, just getting my digs in. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> digs. In. Hey, good news for all the MySpace crew. MySpace update. Hey. <laughs> it's back, kind of. Not even close. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I haven't read this one. Don't you? What do you tell us all about it? Um, so, uh, a while back we reported... Not even close. Uh, <laughs> it isn't even close. A while back we reported that MySpace had lost like something like 50 million songs from their service. Like, yeah, basically destroying thousands of like records of bands that like aren't there anymore. Yeah. Um, and basically completely destroyed it. And then didn't really seem to make a big deal out of it. They were just like, oh, sorry, yeah, we lost it in a, in a server migration. Um, and then uh, just a while ago, um, uh, there was a um, collection of some of those tracks found, um, which uh, people are calling the Mike's Best Dragon Horde. Of course um, they are. What a shit <laughs> Nerds. Uh, I love nerds. Basically, yeah. Um, yeah. I'm one kind of. Well, like the sweets. <laughs> oh my God, I forgot about nerds. Let's not. Okay. Um, <laughs> it's a five minute nostalgia riff Die, continue. according to uh, James, Jason Scott who's the guy who, who uploaded them the mp3s came courtesy of an anonymous academic group who were using the files to study music networks 
Uh, someone asked me, hey, do you want these since they were lost? Explained Scott. Yes, yes, I did, he says. Now, there's only 450,000 MP3s yeah, that they recovered in the ocean. out of 50 million. It's, and a, it's a start, mate. This was, this was like, because I was only... Yeah, with that attitude, Dahi, we'll <laughs> never get there. Yeah, Come the on, man. Like, like, I, got really excited. Day, okay? I got really excited when I heard about it because only two or three days ago, I was trying to find music from the Galway band uh, Lost Chord. The oh, Lost Chord. oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I remember the last time that I found the music that I was looking for, it was on MySpace. So yeah, of course I had I had one of them send me like their best song, the first version of it, a while ago. And it send took- me your best song, <laughs> <laughs> for I am a music journalist. <laughs> send me your finest four minutes, and I will see how I feel about it. Uh, can I just say also, by the way, like, like the headline on this, as has been written down, presumably by you, was MySpace Archive Rescues Lost Music. So I think that was me. It was fairly misleading. Like to, like, yeah, like, I apologize. Like, I was like, in a rush. Because it says, it's, <laughs> what it says to me, Craig, and this, this is the power of a headline, is that all of it... <laughs> Had been saved. Not this is worse with the legs up. This is like with the legs up and everything. This is like such a hands out. Yeah, <laughs> basking in. His... I am gesticulating and I am still comfortable. My Send legs, me your finest. Songs. My legs are splayed out. <laughs> and uh, I do like your owners. But yeah, not bad, right? They're, pretty They're very good. orange. They are, but sure. Uh, I've got this thing as well. It's called aging. Uh, whenever like I cross my leg, my knee cracks. I hurt my knee at the weekend. That was another weekend thing. Um, and, which is tough because I got running, so How that's been traumatic. Did you like get running, into, get into a scrap, was it? No, just running, not right. from anything in particular. Just pulled, pulled myself. Maybe you're running <laughs> from an age-old conspiracy theory, Craig. Yeah, um, it was the 25th anniversary of Kurt Cobain's passing um, last week, um, which a lot of people were marking. Obviously, 25 years sounds kind of crazy, particularly when you consider he was 27 when he passed away. The former Nirvana manager has been talking about the murder conspiracy um, that has been running for nearly as long, and he's branded it as ridiculous, quite unsurprisingly, I guess. Um, he's got a new book, um, Danny Goldberg, called, uh-huh. yeah, called Serving the Servant, where he talks about his time with the band, obviously. But he says, yeah, those, um, you know, the conspiracy theories around Courtney Love having something to do with it and, you know, um, all of that jazz is completely ridiculous. Yeah, I don't believe that Courtney Love has the fucking wherewithal to arrange a professional hit. Come and get me, Courtney. <laughs> <laughs> Why do people speculate about it, he said. The tragedy of the loss is so great people look for other explanations. I don't think there's any truth at all to it. And he goes into great detail, obviously, um, of his kind of the last time he spent with Curtin and you know what a bad place he was and them trying to stage interventions and get him off drugs and help him with his um, deep problems with depression Uh, obviously he had serious serious issues and this whole kind of I guess it's people just I don't don't know what is the fascination with these kind of I don't understand the attraction to these at all like that and like you know Tupac is still alive exactly yeah still alive etc I've never understood the appeal. I'm, I, I'm not someone who likes to stand and even watches like true crime documentaries, so I don't know. I mean, Dahi, you're obsessed with those magazines, which always have the, <laughs> the grimmest stories ever on the front cover. Oh yeah, masquerading as like a you know take a break or like yeah, something. Yeah. It's always like I don't think I don't incredible. think he subscribes to them though. No, but I was thinking of putting one on my writer. That would be you really should. Should. Be really you good, totally right? should. Yeah. yeah, there is a market for this that. kind of thing. But are any of us at this table fascinated by musical conspiracy theories or conspiracy theories? I kind of like. I can see the, the I can see the appeal theory of conspiracy thing. theories. Yeah. Not be a necessarily fun, like. to believe them, but more just to find out like ideas about them. And but stuff. they're kind yeah. of like I know that stuff is mental. Like, yeah, like it's enjoyable just I know to read on like those barmy just podcasts and everything based on conspiracy theories. Yeah, very popular. But like to me, it's like you're never going to get to an endpoint. 
Yeah. So what's the yeah, point? But it works like a like a work of fiction. Like it's that's how I would picture it. But like the weird thing is the people who believe it. Like that's the kind of especially with this one, which is like so like should click case. I think it's one of those things where it's like any major major news story that has a major major effect on people. Um, I mean, you can, you can even see with the excess Tantassian stuff, there's like conspiracy theories yeah. starting about that stuff as well. Well, he was murdered. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just rule it out right now. <laughs> he was murdered, we, we but, covered that but story. was he murdered by... The Illuminati. Uh, the Illuminati. Probably. I think it's more much. important that he was murdered by a man with a gun. I mean, like, ultimately, like that had the most impact on what happened to him. Yeah. And by extension, Kurt Cobain, I think the fact that he committed suicide is probably a big enough story. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, we even covered that story recently where Suge Knight's son was yeah. like put uploading videos saying that actually Tupac's still alive and we're going to, he's going to reveal himself with all this music. And uh, I always thought with the Kurt thing, there's like clearly a lot of misogyny to that thing, isn't it? It's almost like a Yoko Ono thing of just like, oh, Courtney yeah. was the worst thing that ever happened to him. And this, you know. There's also, this, this exists, like, this, this is the toxic side of fandom. It exists in wrestling as well, because obviously Chris Benoit famously uh, murdered his young child yes. and his wife and then took his own life. And you had people like on the internet like straining so hard to justify it, being like, "There's no way he would have done this." Like clearly, uh, Nancy and him had a fight. Maybe she killed the, the kid, and Chris just lost it. And it's like, I don't care how many five star matches the guy has had; it's very clear what happened there, and it's horrible. But there is, yeah, there is a tendency to shift the blame towards the woman, uh, you know, who can often be a victim themselves. And like yeah. Courtney Love, you know, uh, for all of her flaws in life. She's been through fucking some horrific things. Yeah, yeah I've always kind of had a soft spot for her. You kind of interviewed her once. Oh, yeah, when she got the Trinity, like, um, she was the, the Phil. You know, the oh, way yeah. they kind of trick people into going over by saying, You're, you'll be inducted into this um, age-old society and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and, yeah, she came over for, like, an interview, um, and I was, like, sent by Hot Press to go front row and just capture the whole thing and ask her a few questions. And she had previously worked for Hot Press um, back in the 80s as, like, a photographer. And we had this little exchange where we were joking about not getting paid <laughs> on time. <laughs> Don't undersell this. She said that and you're like, yeah, tell me about Don't it. Yeah. <laughs> but Craig was filming this. was this. when I was still an intern, I think. It wasn't even when I was like a, a staff writer. So I was just like, I filmed the whole thing. <laughs> on an iPad. On an iPad. Then, I was like, I had the first pick, which was obviously what I was going to use. And then I brought it back. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! And like, <laughs> oh my god! I was the son of the I, owner had like the thing, and I was just like, I saw this in real time. The next amazing. morning, I was just like, oh, he's got the whole video where I just slag off the fucking <laughs> man in front of an, a full room of people. Uh, it's great. You popped the crowd big. Like you got a big yeah, laugh. Yeah, yeah, it was great. Laugh. But Craig was running around the hoppers office sweating <laughs> as he like leveraged his way into uh, an editing situation <laughs> and very quickly snipped out the offending material. Yeah, no one found out anything about it until we just talked about rock it. and roll speaking <laughs> of rock and roll uh mark hoppus blink 182 fame has spoken of what became of the kids television show that he once planned with fallout boys pete wentz revealing that he thinks it could still see the light of day i have never heard of this before <laughs> apparently they collaborated on a children's program called bronze blue sounds like a racehorse that would have been shot down at the grand national <laughs> uh had even pitched it to both nickelodeon and disney channel back in 2010 but neither network picked it up what a shame would have starred him and went along with ashley simpson and possibly pharrell williams possibly <laughs> but pharrell hadn't re- responded to any of their calls but they were hopeful <laughs> he's, he's attached he's attached to <laughs> we are hoping like, okay, two words for you pharrell williams he might pop in <laughs> as an underwater pop punk band who toured beaches played eco-friendly songs and did battle with the villain sushi chef uh, hard to see why this wasn't picked up but they believe it still will um i mean it's it seems like the natural move for you know an aging <laughs> uh, increasingly irrelevant pop punk act to go and you know make a cartoon yeah 
Did Road anyone see? Didn't, um, Sorry, uh, would you call make a Netflix series just recently as well from My Chemical Romance, Jared Way? Oh, that, yeah. that's based on the graphic is, novel, The Umbrella Academy, yeah. renewed for season two. So they're all at it, basically. Sure, Ezra Koenig. Oh, I was going to say, did anyone watch that Neo Yokio? Yeah, yeah. No, but um, I believe it has a, a cult following already. Yeah, it doesn't really interest me. As to yeah, I'm not really into the idea of musicians making movies. So for more of that, tune into No Popcorn, <laughs> which is out now. Uh, let's move on with the show. As noted later in the show, new and improved songs of the week coming your way. Review of a much hyped debut album by the Fontaines DC Boys called Dog Roll. But first up, we will talk to Sarah Corcoran of Pillow Queens fame. If you've never heard them before, here's a track called Gay Girls. to be joined in studio by Sarah Corcoran of Pillow Queens. I feel every time I, I do so. like the row that it's like getting increasingly sexist and terrible. And we really? Stop doing I just find it ironic. It's like a yeah. Kind of yeah. I've been doing that for years. But you've also hit behind a veil of irony for a long time. <laughs> yes, that's very true. It's <laughs> you all over. <laughs> how, how does that go down in the advertising world? Um, <laughs> not well, actually. <laughs> I'm too far too subtle and right, bad at well, selling speaking things. Speaking of subtle, <laughs> it's time for yeah. That's oh, right. Yeah. Sarah brought cans. Yeah, mine's Sarah already open. Yeah. I can't Our do this. Cheers, guest. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers, everyone. Cheers. Bringing cans Cheers. is a serious move. It's yeah. actually great. Yeah, it's 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 encouraged. Yeah, it's like a it's power move. We've never had someone like be afraid. They're kind of like you know like this is all right. Like you know we're like yeah of course. Like we we used to be really bad for it on the show. We used to drink a lot of cans. We didn't really. Did Season we? one was fairly can heavy. I don't think it was. I don't. I think we had a few episodes where we had like one or two, but really, okay. there was definitely a Toby Carr episode. Yes. That was yeah. Heavy. Yeah. Well, that's. It. A Toby Carr episode. <laughs> in fairness, he's that kind of guy. You're just back from Attica Studios. Yes, literally today from Donegal. Literally today. It we, is the bougiest studio oh, I've ever heard of. It's so beautiful. You know, you just get such imposter syndrome when you walk into a situation <laughs> really? like that because you're like, you know, I'm I I even bought cans of Pratsky. Like I'm not even getting the high end kind of Heineken <laughs> stuff. And then you walk in, and there's like an Elton John esque piano in the middle of the room, and I'm like, I shouldn't be here. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I shouldn't yeah. be here, but yeah. It's amazing. It's a really for people who don't know. It's it's like a it's kind of like a like an architectural marvel. It's like built into the mountains up in in Donegal. Is that correct? It's like Have turned to the side. I've never been. No, never it's been. not. Somebody's been lying to you. It is just <laughs> built, built into the rock, <laughs> hewn does, into the rock, living rock. It does look onto the mountains. It's fairly spectacular. But, yeah. Um, yeah, it's not like kind of hand carved out Incredible. of it. It's not like um, a Bond villain there for a second that, there. It does yeah. feel like I've seen a couple of videos of people performing in there and stuff as well, and it does mm. look like a Bond villain place from the inside. Dahi's well. got this whole studio porn thing going on. There. Oh yeah. <laughs> is that the same for you? Like, are you just like, I want all these items in my gaff now, please? I don't really understand it, to be honest. So I'm just like, <laughs> I plug into something and try and find a sound that suits me. I don't really know yeah, that yeah, yeah. much about the equipment. So I'm just... Yeah, and I was going to say, does like the environment of where you're doing stuff factor in? Like as a musician or is it just you're so focused on the internal bits of like actually delivering the music that it doesn't really... Is that a myth know. that, you know, the way you hear all these great stories of, oh, they went to such and such and mm. it really fed into the music and... Yeah, maybe it would if like we were writing there and that kind of thing. But like yeah. we've kind of, it's all been worked on in... 
in a studio in East Wall for the last kind of year and a half. So yeah, you can't you take the East Wall out of it. Yeah. A bougie <laughs> environment, and you're just kind of banging out the songs in the yeah. same way you always were. But I don't know, maybe if we were writing them, it would feed into it a little bit. Mm. Now, you say bougie now. The last time I saw you was the Choice Music Prize Awards. Oh, yes. And wearing the greatest suit I've ever seen. Yeah. Sorry, Craig, I apologize. Oh, God damn it. Incredible. Thank you. Thank you very uh, much. The kind of suit that I think if, um, you know, I assume Cersei Lannister will somehow rock in the new season. Of <laughs> of it was very gold and black and very regal looking. Thank so. you. Thank but you. I have heard, uh, you heard you on the 9 podcast a couple weeks back, and I believe the suit did not make it. No, it didn't. Um, it, it ripped entirely. Um, started oh, at Jesus. the butt and then went down the back. So <laughs> it no longer exists as a functioning piece of clothing. It's always the worst place for to rip a suit, yeah. I find it's <laughs> How many have you ripped over the years? Uh, at least seven. Yeah. <laughs> Did you keep getting the same one repaired over and of over course. again? Of course, you have to. Yeah. <laughs> but I presume now you can fashion it into like you know a couch cushion or something. Yeah, or like you know when Marge Simpson fashions different outfits out of the same one. The Chanel suit. Yeah. Like, keep doing that. Uh, that was a cool words. night. The choice thing. I mean, like, how was it for you? Because you like you were performing. You're up for an award that you're beaten to by the legendary Picture This. Of course, they won Song of the Year. Well, no, we weren't performing, which was nice. And oh, you uh, weren't sorry. No, so it was that it was great because it was a night off, which is probably why when you saw me, I was a little worse for wear, to be honest. But it was um, <laughs> it was it was a really, really, really fun night. Um, I don't think I've been too exposed to the choice prize until kind of we got the nomination. I don't know if that's just like my awareness or whatever, mm. but um, I found it super interesting. There's a lot of respect towards it. Um. Which kind of surprised me because I thought it was a little bit like a, an indie Eurovision kind of. <laughs> Is that like a terrible thing to say? But like, it's some of the best acts in the country playing, but like, it's a song contest or like an album contest. Just I, I don't. And Abba have never done it, yeah. so it's all exactly. Yeah. Loser, you know? yeah, that was a gamble, listener. You did hear me do a gamble there because we arrived like three quarters of the way through. So I, <laughs> I just assumed. Ah, okay, okay. I was like. There's someone who's clearly just off stage. Like, you know, <laughs> I'm turning up for the party as always. <laughs> I can tell. I was doing the podcast, oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was a ripped suit. You thought I'd just got <laughs> yeah, overboard yeah, yeah. on stage. Yeah. <laughs> it was the, a hell of a thing, smashing though. Of a guitar. Yeah, it, it was very good. But I mean, I, I guess I mean like to go from because you were in a couple bands before. You were in mm. Kate's party, mm-hmm. which for whatever reason, quote unquote, didn't make it. You know, mm-hmm. but now with Pillow Queens, obviously it's taken off huge. Yeah. Like, is that a strange thing to kind of adjust to when you're kind of like, oh fuck, this is actually happening? Yeah, it is and it isn't. I think we all sort of started the band thinking we wanted to, quote unquote, make it a little bit like, you know, what that means has obviously changed over the years Mm. and that kind of thing. But like we wanted to be gigging pretty constantly. We wanted to be able to travel with the band. We didn't want to stay just like playing one or two venues. Um, We did have kind of an ambition when we started the band. So it's been it's been great. It's been pretty nonstop. Um, And we're just we're still really enjoying it. I like that about your kind of backstory and just bands in general that have kind of been around the scene for a bit and just it's like this kind of meeting of the minds of experienced people going, okay, we actually have clear ambitions. We're not just mates messing around Mm -hmm. with instruments. Mm -hmm. We've kind of not quite got a manifesto, but we've stuff we want to accomplish and we recognize stuff in each other. Just like it seems to spark incredible things. Yeah, I think so. I think like even when we started jamming together, like one of the first things we sort of asked each other was, you know, are you ready to tour? Because I think like two months after we started the band, we just went on a UK tour. Yeah. Because we just wanted to like get out there and just show people that we were ready to do it. Yeah. And just do it. So like everybody was like, yeah, I'm ready. I don't care about my job. Let's do it. Yeah, I really like that as well. Because I mean, you do like tour at a pretty heavy welt. It'd be kind of similar to to what I'd be doing. You're trying to tour as much as you possibly can. And then, I mean, the kind of the the whole idea of of you're doing, you're releasing kind of 
a good lot of music as well at the same time mm-hmm. and the videos have been doing really really well um it, like i was watching w- one of the videos today and just like i couldn't believe um like the, the, the imagery of like a, a girl in a communion dress is such yeah. like an Irish thing which is really really incredible can you break down how that video happened or uh, like I love that video so much it's so good uh, I watch it all the time just to cheer myself up <laughs> we um we really wanted we were so proud of the song when, when we got it kind of finished and we were yeah. like we'd love to have like a really strong video to go with it um we'd wanted to work with the director Kate Dolan for a That's while right, and we'd, yeah. we'd met with her a few times just to see if we had a meeting of minds and she had some ideas we had some ideas we had kind of I won't know. I won't. Maybe we'll use them again. I won't reveal them yet. But uh, <laughs> we had some cool ideas. And then when we wrote Gay Girls, we recorded Gay Girls um, and we needed a video. We were like, yeah, I think Kate's the person to do this. Um, so we came with like a very vague concept that we wanted to do a communion themed video, but like one that sort of showed from the perspective of the girl making her communion. So like mm. for, for us, when we were making our communions, we were very much so like, I can't wait to get loads of money and go for a fancy dinner. We weren't like, woo, this is like a sacrament or whatever. That, you <laughs> yeah, know, like yeah, we got another care. middle name. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we just like didn't know what it was really. So it was like, yeah, let's just make the video from that perspective. So like they just went, they got like all their communion money and then they like didn't care about getting the dress destroyed and they went off on a bike and then joined a gang and then started gambling with their communion money and then they went to a sweet shop and just bought loads of sweets. And yeah, just like... Yeah, I really love that video. It's so good. And is, is, is that kind of the, the visual side of things important to you? I mean, I know the GCN cover recently, which was like a kind of yeah, a knock over the favorite, that was which was also yeah. incredible and so smart, like yeah. and really, really iconic. Shame about the film, though, yeah? He isn't into the film. I really like the film. But <laughs> I still haven't seen the film. film. No way. No way. <laughs> really? Oh, wow. This is... This that's is, that's yeah. a good this scoop a there. Now. there. <laughs> never, never getting back on that cover. Uh, I, okay, here's like a vaguely almost stalkerish question that I like. I hope isn't terrible. Did you used to work in the OFI? I did. I fucking knew it. Okay. Dave lives there. I'm, I'm back in. Listen. <laughs> <laughs> it went okay. Yeah, no, I, I knew I recognised you from there. I'm like, I, I I always wanted to work in cinema, but I worked in like a, I worked in extravision back in the day, and like that was a job that I always always wanted, you know. Yeah. And like you had this weird Is thing of like. Is that true of many like extravision employees? Of the past, that was just like the, the big leap to the cinema. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it was one of the other situations. Like, I mean, like I know people who worked in cinemas before, and like they, they said it was the best job they ever had. Mm-hmm. And I mean, like you kind of feel like you're vaguely part of the film industry, even though you're really not. Mm. But like, uh, I guess not. I, I don't want like an employment record here, but like, it, <laughs> I'm like, ready. It looked, like a, it looked like a cool fucking job, was it, or was it terrible? Um, it was. I stayed there for too long, so mm. I. I got the job when I was doing my degree, which I did in communication studies. So that was vaguely relevant. And then I got a massive interest in film while I was there. So I did a master's in film and TV studies. And that was great. And then I was kind of, I graduated. And then two years later, I was still there. And I was like, come on, like, this is a bit ridiculous. (laughs) So I just got sick of it. And I should have left earlier. Mm. My passion for it died a little. It's the IFI though, so it's like I assume some of the regular customers, apart from me, of course, are like mm. a little bit like you know terrifying, quirky. Aren't it? Quirky, yeah. <laughs> quirky, quirky is a very politically correct way of putting it. Yeah, um, but yeah, no, like like I, 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 you always feel like you've walked into like someone's like you know extension of their gaff. What's like, the yeah. like oddest behavior you've seen in the 
probably me when I was like, yeah, like I was like, do I recognize that girl? Um, just people having full dinners and stuff and making themselves. I've never seen that. that kind of, like, yeah. I've never seen like someone having like a salad or anything. Yeah. It's not like a massive attack gig or anything. <laughs> <laughs> but like, no, I don't know. But like, like you do like like from I, actually, I asked this in work the other day. I was like, you know, like what's your weirdest cinema going experience or like whatever. Uh, I've I, I, actually what I asked was, uh, have you ever walked out of a film? Have you ever walked out of a film? I don't believe so. No, never. No, but you you you, you go twice a year. Yeah, I know. So yeah. it's a you know. It's a big have you walked out of a film? I've never walked out of a film. Jesus I think Christ. I'd be too polite. Have you? I have, yeah. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, what I was... out of a Big Fish. Is that the Tim, Tim Burton? Burton movie? Yeah, I hated that. <laughs> oh, Ewan McGregor, yeah. The Hulk as well. I hated that. <laughs> um, there was another film that was kind of like um, an ensemble cast movie and it opens with somebody with a pair of testicles on their chin. And it's like a skit. Oh, thing. that's like movie oh, 57 or something. Yeah, something yeah, yeah, like that. Yeah. I walked out of that and I walked into Les Mis instead and I stayed from <laughs> Les Mis. I was like, this is a piece of art. <laughs> <laughs> I walked out of Babe when I was about 10. What? Yeah, it's At true. Yeah, yeah. yeah. a piece of art. And you were it, was when, it was when James Cromwell did the fucking jig and hit his head off the roof. I was like, nah, I'm out. That was technically, technically the first film I ever walked out of though was Ghostbusters 2 because I got scared when the painting came to life. Oh. That's fair. And I ran into the screen next door where my parents were watching Back to the Future 2. Oh, <laughs> Better nice. film. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Tough choice. But I think people have this weird thing about the cinema where it's like, you know, like I remember like Peter Kay of all hack comedians years ago being like, Oh, there could be someone on fire in the back row and nobody would get up and like tell anyone. Yeah. Mm. Which is true. There's a weird like social thing of like you just sit there and you like and if you have etiquette you shut the fuck up. Mm. But like yeah. it is odd. There could be like a couple breaking up beside you and you're just like, I'm just gonna I'm gonna focus on this movie. <laughs> have you heard a fire alarm go off in the cinema? Nobody leaves as well. It it's happened like before, yeah, yeah, yeah. There was also I think I went to see Hancock years ago, which is a bad Will Smith movie. And there was a moment where like the projector obviously got fucked up, and the whole film just started like spitting itself on all over the screen. Like the Shit. noise was insane, and it went on for like approximately eight minutes before like someone <laughs> from Cineworld came in <laughs> and was like, "You may have noticed there's a problem with this." <laughs> like everyone's just being like, "Yeah, grand." Like I'm that not- happens more than you think. So like the amount of times that there was a power cut, but it was like in the middle of festival season, so it was like a French film on, and suddenly like the screen oh, dies and there's no people are just like, oh the French or, are so yeah, innovative like, oh, <laughs> so avant-garde like obviously just don't understand it you know I'm going to stay here and appreciate it I remember back in Drada like the like the cinema that I would have grown up going to was called The Abbey and it was like run down but it was beautifully run down and like it was like, it got torn down recently and I saw the photographs and it was like the most tragic thing because it was just like this perfect building it was the best thing ever and my friend worked there as a projectionist for a while um, and I went it was like back I think it was like the second part of the Caribbean movie was out so we went into like the projection booth where his friend was working and I was looking at all the posters and I was like nicking posters and stuff and I was like, this is going to be great. And at one stage, like, you know, typical awkward fuck that I am, I just turned around <laughs> and went like, bang! And like, I walked back first into a real thing. Oh, uh, oh yeah, yeah. And like, basically like, knocked off the film. <laughs> the second part of the Caribbean movie. For approximately like six minutes as like your man who was like stoned was like, oh. like fixing it. And I was like, I was like, I'm so sorry. Like, like, I was like, I'm, oh man, I'm so sorry. He's like, he was, he was like, it's, it's grandma. And like, but no one complained. The, like, the, only, the only time there was a complaint ever was my, uh, my mentioned friend Adam. He said that one time, you know, because like you're in the projection booth and like it's got a cage door. It's very like you know wrestling. It's weird. <laughs> and he said that one time he was just like walking across and he saw something in his peripheral vision and everyone's under the impression that this cinema was haunted as well because it had weird doors that would lead to like Drada catacombs, which were not a good place to be. I would imagine Drada catacombs. Yeah, new indie. 
band. Uh, so basically, <laughs> it's like um, peripheral vision. Like he sees something, he looks over, and sure enough, there's a figure. There's a man standing in the projection booth, and he's holding a pair of 3D glasses. And this is like before the 3D revolution that we all now know and love. Yeah, of course. Uh, which has changed cinema for the better. I think we can all agree. <laughs> and he basically like uh, was lo- lo- looking quizzically at his glasses, and then like going, "Huh." And Adam was like, "Can I? Can I help you, sir?" Like hoping that he wasn't a ghost. And the guy said, um, "I'm downstairs watching like Spy Kids 3D, and um, it's not in 3D." And Adam was like, "No, no, it is. Uh, like, it's 3D film." And the guy was like, "No, it isn't. I've seen 3D films in Dublin." Which <laughs> 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 point Adam was like, "Can you please go out of the projection?" <laughs> but it's terrifying up there. Like, I mean, like the real like comes flying at you, and like it makes terrifying sense. But yeah. Cinema is great, is what I'm trying. Is what I'm trying to get at. The magic of cinema. But I guess all of this, of course, brings me back to that cover that you were on recently. (laughs) But I can't believe you haven't seen the film because I I was like, that must be like this wonderful like moment for everyone. But you know, Uh, it was a wonderful moment. I mean, they were. I've I've seen the poster. They did a really good job (laughs) recreating the poster. So and we were on the front of a magazine. So that's pretty cool. That's fucking great. Uh, Are are the costumes the actual costumes? No, no, no. They're hired from the Abbey. Oh, so amazing. they were pretty okay. legit. The yeah, Abbey, yeah. the theatre in Dublin, not the cinema in Drada. <laughs> rest, rest in power, Abbey Cinema. It was so good. Craig, you talk now. Let it go. Let it go, Dave. It's okay. There's other cinemas. It's fine. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I guess like from that point of view, and obviously like there's been a lot of attention on the makeup of the band. So I mean, like, have you now kind of been put into position where, whether directly or indirectly, that you are role models? You are like like people are looking at you as kind of spearheading a community that previously wouldn't have had light shone upon it, and at the same time. Does that get to a point where you're like, oh, for fuck's sake, like, I mean, can we talk about something else? Um, I think it is like we, yeah, I suppose in interviews that does tend to happen. Like, you know, people are asking us, you know, oh, you're a you're a queer band. You know, do you feel the pressures of people looking up to you or whatever? And like, I think with any band, you know, you have to use a platform wisely. You have to be really aware that you do have this platform. And I think when I was growing up and I was looking at bands, I used to just really follow what bands said, you know, mm. as like gospel i was like wow yeah if you think that i think that you know and it was you know to a fault really because you know looking back at it i'm like oh did i ever really like this band or did i ever really like this film or you know whatever i was kind of told by who were those touchstones like like who would have been your like kind of tegan and sarah yeah. Um, yeah, like <laughs> even like local bands like, i'm thinking of like even heather's like yeah. that i would have not you know, not that they were kind of like, listen to this band and do this, but like they would have exposed me to this scene in America that I wouldn't have been aware of before that I was listening back with great nostalgia to today. And I was like, I didn't actually like this. Like, I never actually enjoyed this. But I thought that I should. So So it was almost more just the inspiration of it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So I think, yeah, just kind of holding that awareness and just focusing on that a little bit because, yeah, the the platform thing is super important. Um, Yeah. But Pillow Queens also get like kind of thrown into the same kind of bracket now. Like, and a lot of people are obviously like saying, "Look, Dublin has guitar bands again," mm. and there's usually like four or five acts, and Pillow Queens are yeah. often in that kind of barrage. I mean, like mm-hmm. it's spearheaded by the Fontaines, who we're reviewing on this episode, and I mean that's its own kind of new thing. Where obviously it's kind of like it's it's sexy, it's trendy, it's a bit mm. of a fad. I mean, like, like would you consider yourself a punk band? Are are you kind of like this is nice attention, but like you know a lot of it is just bluster? I watched an interview with Fontaines they're few and far between on YouTube but there's a few out there and they kind of said you know lumping bands together is not a good Mm. thing because Mm. obviously like it takes away from the individualities of the acts and everything and I've been reading some of the reviews in the new album and they're kind of saying you know we thought of them as this like loud trashy punk band but like there's more to it and like I've heard the album and there is so much more to it and I think with like a lot of bands once you do 
label them with one thing, it kind of prevents them from doing anything I think so, else. Yeah. yeah. Musicians seem to hate genres. I was having this conversation with a friend and she was like, uh, well, first of all, she said the genres are capitalist. And I was like, let's not have that conversation because I'm still <laughs> well, not over. Yeah, they are actually. Now that I think about it. <laughs> I'm still not over hearing someone That's a really say. Good point. <laughs> I'm still not over hearing someone say uh, with complete sincerity, quote, food is inherently capitalist. So uh, I don't know if I want to get, get into that, but it does seem it that, is like. It is actually. Now that I think about it. <laughs> Craig, listen, another, there, are, there are many podcasts on the History Podcast Network that can accommodate these views. This is not the one. Uh, but I think ultimately, like, you know, it is interesting because, like, musicians tend to kind of bristle a bit with like genres and i guess you know from from our, our point of view at least you know we do it to like you know m- like i guess dumb it down almost for like mm. the reader or the listener to be like oh they sound like this but it does feel like less and less of a thing it feels like less and less of a thing and more of a construct yeah. i guess and i mean ultimately i think pillow queens are whatever they fucking want to be mm. but people will just go yeah punk when you when sorry when you see kind of punk labels now it seems really almost antiquated so what does mm. punk even mean does mm. it mean the kind yeah. of ethos of where they originated from diy stuff or is it just guitars or because lyrically that's why we don't yeah. subscribe to it too much yeah. because we're worried that you know if we do kind of take on that label then it kind of you know we need to actually live that life of you know the original punk ethos which i i just am entirely aware of what it is i haven't looked yeah. into it enough to know that that's what we are that's not that's not yeah. what we are you know mm. I think that's the same for a lot of genres, and maybe that's the reason that we don't subscribe. And that's why the new single, Easter Sunday, is a skiffle track. <laughs> <laughs> We're going down that road. Uh, what can you tell us about the about the new tune, which is imminent? It is imminent. Uh, it's going to be at May 3rd. Um, it's the second song off our album, which we've been working on behind the scenes for the last few months um, that we're really excited about. Um it's a it's a cool tune. I think it's probably pretty different to anything else we've ever put out. Um, we recorded it up in Attica Studios mm. um, with Tommy McLaughlin. And yeah, we're really excited about it. We've kind of been playing a version of it for the last couple of years, but we've only made it what it is now very recently um so yeah we're we're happy for we're excited for people to hear it nice you've said all four of you sing on the track and it's important to you to feel like you're contributing to the output because quote fuck knows we're never going to make any money doing it (laughs) which is a very interesting if slightly bleak take (laughs) on uh, a debut album that's on the way it's not you know it's that uh, did you read the article that came out was it on vulture about what indie musicians uh, make, indie yeah. Musicians, oh, yeah. Just, like working side jobs, very kind of grim. Thing, and it was such a grim article. And it's then so bleak, yeah. Everyone I've spoken to about it is like, yeah, but it's true. And I'm like, oh, can we just lie to each other? Can we all <laughs> sit around and lie to each other about how we're all going to be millionaires? And this is a really, like, you know, the tides are going to turn in the favor of the musician and streaming suddenly going to be a gold mine. You know, all of these things that I want to hear. Um, it's just a scary time, I think, and yeah. just looking. Oh yeah, it's. The- I was having this. Like, I was saying something earlier on, just more on more of a personal level. I was saying that like, I've hit this kind of life moment of like, I feel like life is the thing that is happening around me, and it's actually incredibly terrifying if you stop and think about it. And I'm like, I'm just doing shit. I'm just doing <laughs> things, and when I stop to do them, I guess I go to sleep, and then I keep doing the thing. And then if you stop, you're like, oh Christ! Like even just like basic adulting, I'm like, I'm so fucking bad at this. And my my mate was like, I have a kid, and I'm so bad at it. I'm like, yeah, but you don't look like you're okay. Yeah. <laughs> you they should look- take that child away from me. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, fair, fair point. Like, you know. But I mean, yeah, no, like you do raise and that that article was a tough read for me, and I'm not a musician, so yeah. I was like, mm. yeesh. Um, but yeah, it just feels like at the moment Ireland is in this weird moment where it is getting a lot of attention in terms of the music scene. Both, you know, whether whether you got a guitar in your hand or whether you got a mic in your hand or, or both or whichever. But once again, I just feel like everyone who's making art at the moment is incredibly pressed down upon. 
And, uh, you know, like it, it's not necessarily like the romantic view of that, I think, is becoming less and less, mm -hmm. which is a really grim thing to think about. <laughs> it is because at the moment, you know, if you're making music and you're making art, you have to you're only doing it because that's what you need to do. Like yeah. you just you have to because it's in you. You're not doing it because you think you might make some money or you might like get yeah. a bit famous down the line. Like mm. that's just not the life of it anymore. And I don't know, that kind of sounds a bit romanticized, but I think it's it's true. I've always been kind of rebelled against, though. I remember like when I bought drums when I was like a teenager, my dad was like, going to be a rock star, are you? And I was like, cheers, dad. <laughs> <laughs> like, I think there's always been this weird, like, it goes back to even like a sense of insecure Irishness. I think when we had Paul, Ra Paul Allwright on the show before, he was talking about it. And there's just a weird thing where like, I don't think we give ourselves any fucking credit. Mm. Like, and that's I don't I don't know if that's an exclusively Irish thing, but it does kind of feel like it. Again, it's like you know, like we're always looked upon as this nation, the little nation that could that could create all these poets and everything. But at the same time, it's like the country's fucking burning, isn't it? Yeah, like it <laughs> it seems romantic, and that it will kind of just weed out all the opportunists, and it will be the purists that are doing it. But it also stops, like you know, when you have to actually work all day just to survive. It kind yeah, of yeah, yeah, yeah. the problem is that the art might take a hit. Which yeah, is the problem, and people like, that otherwise would do money. it can't do it. Yeah, I mean they talk about like the big Manchester explosion of music in the 80s and stuff really stemming from the welfare system being so good in Britain and just mm. people could like go on the dole and be supported and come up with these great bands because yeah, they yeah, had yeah, that yeah. kind of luxury that's kind of gone away God, that's just scary thought isn't yeah. it like yeah and this is the part where I'm, I'm, I'm I desperately need to throw in a positive uh, <laughs> but it does seem to be like I mean even right now like I mean like it seems to be like there's a legitimate camaraderie and fraternity in the mm. scene I mean even you got like acts like Mango I remember him shouting you guys out on Twitter being yeah. like no they're fucking amazing and I wonder if those things would have been as kind of fluid as they would have been 10 years ago where like you know no you stay in your lane we're doing mm. this but there does seem to be a legitimate sense of people actually willing each other on yeah um, I agree. and I, I assume you've, you've been privy to a bit of that like Definitely. I think it's it's really important to be supportive of everyone, no matter what kind of scene they're in. And yeah. also, I don't know if scenes are, because Even Ireland is so small, you yeah, know, like yeah. it, it, something like the Choice Awards, you know, there's so many different genres kind of leaking into each other. And even that like Saint Sister and uh, remind me, Saint Sister song with the remix oh, with Carlos. Oh, Causing Trouble. Amazing. Thank you. Um, which is incredible and it was like an amalgamation of like three different mm. genres it mm. was just this huge song that did so well and that was amazing and I think like that just comes from this like Twitter love that's existing between yeah, yeah, bands yeah. in Ireland at the moment where everyone's just like support this band this that's why the choice night is cool from like you know a people watching point of view because mm. you're like oh there's Kojak hanging out with villagers man like who knew <laughs> like, like it's, it's like the Wrestlemania of the Irish music scene <laughs> everyone's just thrown together um, yeah. but uh, something that will also kind of you know keep the, the spirits high I think will be uh, touring with Soak which is coming yes, up yeah. that's huge uh, she is class yeah so. we're so excited like the idea of going on tour with a band that you actually just love so much mm. is really, really exciting. Like yeah, yeah. we all play Soaks music in the in the van all the time, so now we're gonna get to see it live every night. Um and Tommy who recorded us plays with Soak and our manager James plays as well with Soak, so it's gonna be like a nice little family trip and we're all going to live on a bus for a month oh, be I feel really bad cause that's, I, that's the sound of a start of a tour yeah. <laughs> I feel really bad though because I, I interviewed Brody there at the start of the week and I, I had to ask her the, the gen like do you like Dairy Girls and I was like I'm sorry I have Wait, to I work, <laughs> I, I work for Joe Dalai I had to fucking ask oh, her the okay. question like, I love that you clarified <laughs> yeah yeah I was, you I was like Dairy like, Girls like, yeah. TV yeah, program, you do you yeah. yeah that's almost as good as Very Good Boy like, yeah, <laughs> Creep Dave in the house uh, I was like yeah did you like the popular channel for 
before hit sitcom Derry Girls. Which, by the way, I, despite working for Joe Lally, I've never seen a single fucking episode. Never seen an episode. Never seen an episode. Yeah, it's so it's good. Is actually it's good. Genuinely it is good. good. Yeah. It is genuinely okay. good. Because like my problem is hype. Um, I, like, I'll be completely honest. Even Pillow Queens, I was like seeing that name every fucking day. I hate yeah. them. And then, like, <laughs> you know, it's just like it's everywhere. And like, but I have this problem with everything. It's like like if someone's like like the fucking Marvel movies. Like it's just like go see it, go see it, go see it, go see it. Like, yeah. eh. But uh, when I saw you guys live, I was like, no, actually, fine. It's good. I can I can turn off my. I can turn off my <laughs> fine. Like, it's yeah, good. <laughs> fine. It's, yeah, it's good. Fuck Fuck those guys. It took me a while to listen to this podcast <laughs> for silly reasons. <laughs> it was what? the all caps, wasn't it? It was the yeah. all caps name. Yeah. Did you fool yeah, yourself. Yeah, yeah. All yeah. capital letters, really? Yeah, yeah. Stolen from Jokers. David Lynch, that one. So it is, of course it is. Uh, but anyway, you know, we've all laid all like this is what one can of Prasky does. To you. Like, it's good that you only brought a four or five. Um, okay, so you know, uh, generic enough question, but like, is the album going to be coming out soon, or is that like a? Who knows, Dave? Who knows? Um, <laughs> uh, no, I hope so. I I think probably the start of next year. Great, that's the plan. Exciting, very good. There'll we still can't be... stop touring. We can't stop gigging. Like that's our problem. We're like, you know, we're gonna stop and focus on writing and recording mm. now and pre-production, and then we get offered a soak tour, and we're like. Pfft. Forget May. Let's yeah, go on the yeah. road. I suspect there will still be uh, the same enemy article being written uh, this in January, so <laughs> it'll it'll be fine. Uh, in terms of upcoming tour dates, there are quite a few, mm. so uh, people can look forward to catching you on the road. Uh, let's have a look at this poster that you've sent me via MMS message, by the way, which is I, I, if anything's going to make a comeback, it's it's multimedia messaging. Uh, Jesus, yeah. So there's there's quite a bit happening according to this, uh, but the most important one, of course, is uh, Fantastival in my native Drada. Yes, uh, and that's Can't on the wait. weekend when you're also playing K Fest and Kerry. Start a gym back all the weekend. You're playing Forbidden that is Fruit. A long drive. K Fest to Kerry. That'll be a long weekend. That is a long drive. Have you done it? I have. I did Forbidden Fruit to K Fest uh, on the same day three or four years ago. It was fucking horrible. On the same day? Uh, yeah. You're yeah, a fucking yeah, lunatic. Same day. They put me up in a in a mobile home with like three lads. Where you disgusted from. Like, yeah, yeah. It was pretty intense. <laughs> Dahi will only play um, if he gets a five-star hotel. You're, you're also oh, playing the yeah. Black Party. Mother Black yes, Party as well? Yes, I can't wait for that. It's going to be fucking dead. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. Looking forward to that. Um, Very yeah. good. With your lovely uh, self. Exactly. I have to sneak in my listing somehow. Like That's what happens. Okay, I guess last thing before you go. Back on the film beat. Have you seen Jordan Peele's Us yet? Not yet. I'm really looking forward to it. Am I the only one who's seen it? I've seen it. I've seen it. I'm scared. Oh, to watch wow. It on my yeah. Yeah. I didn't find it scary. No, I didn't find it scary. I didn't find it scary, but I enjoyed it. You didn't like I it. I enjoyed it. Well. I had problems with it. Sucks. It. Really? No, it doesn't. No, it's enjoyable, but <laughs> there's definitely problems with it. Huge problems. Yeah. Go see it. Okay, <laughs> it will. It's worth seeing, though. It's good. Very good. Sarah, fellow queens, thank you so much for coming in. Thanks for having thank me. You. Thanks to Sarah for coming in. Craig is currently taking a very big gulp of water. <laughs> Thanks, Dave. <laughs> My feet are still up, by the way. And yes, uh, go check out Pillow Queens on Twitter. Give them a follow. Check out all their tour dates and go see them live because they are very good doing so. Coming up now, Craig, why don't you take us through this new Songs of the Week thing? And, and you, you, look, you can be honest. You can say that we ended up in the Workman's after, uh, after the podcast last week till about three in the morning when I missed my bus and then uh, we got drunk and I was like, Songs of the Week's got a fucking go, man. <laughs> That's what I was saying. Well, we'd had sober conversations about it. Um, <laughs> now we're always looking to innovate and mix things up on No Encore. Um, and we'd been running Songs of the Week for a long time as five tracks, kind of random selection. And we would have a bit of debate beforehand about what were the kind of the biggest songs of the week or the biggest yeah. singles of the week and what should be there, just true sheer representation. And 
I think maybe this year we've encountered some weeks where none of us were really passionate about any of the any songs. Any of them. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. Sometimes yeah. you get weeks where you're like, I wish we could have eight songs because yeah, we have so yeah, much yeah. to say. And then other weeks we'd be like, you're let's just get through on, it. Yeah. I find that like putting the show together uh, it takes a lot of time and effort and we love doing it because I think we've got a good fucking show. But... That was the one section to me that felt a little bit structurally compromised, and I felt also... (laughs) (laughs) I felt also that um, there were weeks when I was like, we're just doing this for the sake of doing it. We have nothing to really add to the conversation here. I don't know what the nutritional value of this is. And also, why are we picking some of these tracks anyway? Because, like, it's a big name. And I think once you've kind of said one thing about one act in that kind of capacity in the short-term way, you find yourself repeating yourself and so on and so forth. So ultimately, uh, I wanted to scrap it, but the lads were like, no, and so we're not scrapping it. I think it's important for a weekly music podcast to talk about the new music weekly that's music. come out. <laughs> 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 yes, Donnie we'll was see. also the jury says. <laughs> so the new method, as devised by Craig, is that we each bring a track to the table. Yes, and, and we it, feel is relevant for conversation. Yeah, which opens it up to kind of like wider based conversations for whatever reason. It could be it doesn't necessarily mean a track that you love. It could be a track that you thought was so bad you must hear it, or it could be culturally relevant and so on and blah 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 blah. So with that in mind, we're going to kick it off with my choice. Ooh. That's right. It's a song that came out in December. (laughs) (laughs) This is Lil Nas X with Old Town Road, and it's the remix of this song. Enjoy. Down cross town, living like a rock star. Spend a lot of money on my brand new guitar. Baby's got a habit, diamond rings and Fendi sports bras. Riding down Rodeo in my Maserati sports car. Got no stress, I've been through all that. I'm like a Marlboro man, so I keep going back. Wish I could roll on back to that old town road. I wanna ride till I can't. Okay, so why are we talking about a song from a few months ago? It's because the remix, which features Billy Ray Cyrus, is new. And this all stems from a track that emerged in December. In fact, the visualizer for it on YouTube has Red Dead Redemption 2 footage over yeah. it. Uh, Lil Nas X, it was a viral single, Old Town Road. And essentially what happened was, it, it, the reason it's in the news now is it has reached number one on the Billboard Hot 100, jumping up from number 15 in the space of a week, knocking Ariana Grande off the top. And yeah. he's the he's the first unaccompanied artist to top the Hot 100 with a debut single since Cardi B did it in 2017. But there's a bigger story here, and it's that last month, Old Town Road was removed from the Hot Country Songs chart. <laughs> hot Country Songs, everybody. <laughs> because it did not, quote, embrace enough elements of today's country music. And Billboard shared a statement claiming that the decision to do this had, quote, absolutely nothing to do with the race of the artist. Some people say, no, it absolutely did. 100%. You're yeah, not happy absolutely. that a black man has come up with a country song that everyone seems to love Billy Ray Cyrus has shown his support by getting involved which I kind of think might cheapen the thing no I think what it makes the song better about? Billy Ray was he the aggressive guy we're gonna get there we're gonna get there Democrat. <laughs> but also like there's a, another weird kind of uh, kind of element to all of this in that Old Town Road is now the first number one song to credit Trent Reznor and Atticus yeah. Ross <laughs> and gives Nine Inch Nails their first number one single ever in America can you believe that they previously hit the heights uh, of number, oh, yeah, of number 17. They've had number yeah. one albums, but number 17. And the reason is because the banjo motif on this track is sampled from a track of Ghosts, the instrumental record they put out in 2008, I think it was. So a lot of elements in play here. I guess let's boil it down to the first one. Is the song any good? 
Do you know what? It's like, been in my head yeah, that's all what I, fucking week. Me too. In Against my, my better judgment, I think it's a fine song. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't decide if it was woeful or inspired. I still don't know. It's not. It's not woeful. I don't like it. It's I not woeful, but like yeah. also like how serious? Like, is it a gag? Like, like is yes, it? Yes, it is. The, the first time I heard it, I was like, oh, he's taking the piss. But then the more the more I listen to it, the more I'm kind of like, is he actually? I l- watched a, a genius uh, video of him kind of explaining to it, and man, you should just go on that video. He can sing like. He is incredible. Oh, really? Like he okay. really nails it like every single time, and he uh, he has like a very kind of he's rationalized the whole thing to a very very deep degree about he's like kind of you know um, uh, reflecting his life based off the whole cowboy stuff and everything. That's interesting. And it ob- obviously seems pretty heavily inspired by Red Dead, right? That's what I would think. I mean, what do you think, Dave? Um, well, I mean, definitely to a degree. You mentioned genius. Like he himself, he's doing one of those things where he's put up annotated notes on it, mm. and. Uh, in his own words, the real story behind the song is that he dropped out of school and started to do music. He started to live with his sister because he didn't want to go back home because his parents were, quote, not going to be having that. Uh, for one, they feel like music is not a realistic future for anybody. And I was living with my sister. She was ready for me to go, basically. He said it started off as this lonely cowboy, loner cowboy kind of vibe, running away from everything. Uh, he found the beat in October on YouTube, put it together. He said it was going to be a serious kind of song with a country influence. Um, and he was trying to make music that he thought everybody wanted, much in the picture of this mold. Mm. Um, so he changed the meaning of it later on down the road from a runaways type of story to Old Town Road being a symbol for Path of Success, where you're staying on it. The horse, me not having too much to work with, but getting to where you're trying to go. And essentially, like, if you kind of, like, a jab, he even says, like, it was like a jab to my parents, and, like, it's a defiant anthem yeah. for him because it basically was like, like, no one expects me to ever do anything with music. They think it's a waste of time. Fuck it, I'm going to show them. I don't think he thought he'd show them to this degree. But in that regard, in the spirit of the song, I mean, it is, you're kind of like, yeah, fair fucking play. And also, yeah, I legitimately cannot get it out of my head. I listen to it a lot. It is very short, yeah. which helps. I think, like, I think even, you know, thematically there and definitely sonically, it has so many, like, characteristics of country music. And with country and Nashville, like, the mon- the commercial monster that it is now, yeah, it's so hypocritical for, like, the hot country jar to be like, oh, you're disqualified when... If you listen to any of the kind of major country hits of like the last few years, they're borrowing so liberally yeah, from, from hip hop and like eight oh eight all yeah. over Absolutely. the stuff and yeah, EDM yeah, yeah. and all that kind of stuff. So like country has been so bastardized, it's yeah. ridiculous. This is actually more fateful, I think, to what, true what's, country. What's really interesting about it as well is that like so it's number one in the Billboard charts now. Billboard is is done off points basically, and you get yeah. them from a, a different group. And between his number one song and the number two, he has three times as many points as the next song. So he has completely oh, yeah. decimated the entire chart. It's brilliant. So I can't help but think that, like, you know, they see it going up on the country chart and they go, oh, shit, he's going to become the greatest <laughs> selling hip-hop yeah, art, yeah, yeah. country artist of all time. And then suddenly you're just like, oh, shit. Like, it'd be Garth a disaster. somewhere, like, picking up a phone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to know. I mean, like, you know, with stuff that goes viral as well, obviously take us on its own life and there's lots of memes about it. I mean, it's helped it, right? Like, Of course. Like, yeah. that, like, like he, it took it, off it, on TikTok. It initially it just, was shared yeah. via social media and it has been like this is where I kind of saw I saw people on Twitter like talking about it before I even knew what the fuck it was and then I got to it and I was like oh, okay alright cool yeah it's a bit of a joke and then the more I listened to it the more I was like look it's fun to listen to I don't know what staying power it will have mm. I don't know how I really feel about it but... and I'd be interested to see where he goes 
Hugely, yeah. And like I think it's it's a great story. Like, yeah. like Do you reckon like Justin Timberlake is somewhere out there in the woods being like, This was the sound I heard in my head. This Shit. Was he did it. No, I, I, I think Timberlake was fairly happy with the mess he made. <laughs> so Craig, you uh you you're the one who wanted this revamp. Why don't you take us to the I next? love the way you always do that. <laughs> Throw you under the bus. This is Kevin Abstract and it's called Big Wheels. Running from nothing in the hundred is something. Tell my baby I want me, keep me your movie fussing. Under the sheets when we touch and I keep this work just a function. I can't hear him enough, there's more than one nigga we jumping. Yeah, so I was kind of a bit nervous selecting this song, considering I, as Dave said, suggested this new section, and <laughs> this song came out midweek. Um, it wasn't like quite revealed whether it was just a snippet. It's a hundred seconds long. Yeah, yeah. It's accompanied with a visual. I was like, oh, and then I was like, okay, no, it's the best music I've heard all week. It's the thing that's kind of captivating me. If something else comes out. Um, and reveals it's just some snippet. It's still the best goddamn snippet I've heard. It is the actual song. Um, it's the opener for this tree track EP that just dropped from Kevin Abstract, who is the de facto leader of Brockhampton. And I've kind of had a complete Brockhampton blind spot for a while now. Really? Um, I understand they're huge. They're they had a number great. one yeah, album yeah, last year. They got some really good stuff. Um, yeah, quite like Odd Future influenced um, all the stuff um, I would be into. So I'm just kind of getting into that. I also found out this week that they formed on KanyeTither.com, the no Kanye way. forum that I often frequent. Holy so shit. these are my boys. Serendipity. Um, but yeah, this kind of just dropped, as I say, with the visual. Um, Kevin Abstract is t- probably the most captivating member, I guess. Mm. Um, he's an openly out rapper from Texas. Um, he kind of flexes a tree stacks flow on this. Um, he's inspired by the likes of Frank Ocean. He can kind of, he's quite versatile. Yeah, the flows are really amazing. Yeah. Um, and this just kind of blew, blew my socks off. Yeah, it's part of a three pack. Have you heard all three songs? I have, and it's all strong. They're all great. It's like nine minutes of greatness. Joyride and Georgia are the other two. I I can't even decide what the best one of the bunch here is. But no, I agree with everything you said. He's got a pulse. He's got an electricity. Um, He's an interesting kind of captivating figure for the modern age. Uh, Brockhampton passed me by a little bit as well. I couldn't claim to be a proper fan or anything. And I I didn't get to see them play, I believe, the fucking Helix. I know, They played our old (laughs) college stomping ground a few months ago. (laughs) Should have gone. Apparently it was exceptional. Live, they're meant to be like a different force altogether. And they have this hugely inclusive thing. They also had some controversy with one of their members being accused of sexual misconduct. Yeah, and they were removed from the group. Instantly hurled out of the group. Yeah, and I mean, like some questions will obviously remain over that. And as they always do with regards to complicity and all that kind of stuff. But ultimately, they seem to be a force for good. And musically definitely a force for good definitely quite innovative and uh, I like the fact that there's no real kind of lines here to even colour outside of there's no real rule book yeah and that's good I want more challenging kind of scratchy weird shit that also has a heartbeat to it and yeah like job fucking done I loved it yeah I'd place them in that kind of bracket of a a no name or TR Wax kind of doing that thing where it's just like if the inspiration strikes there's no like Real, really scheduled. They have to stick to. There's no, yeah, pop structures they want to stick to. So great it's name just, as well, Kevin Abstract. It is very good. Doggy, <laughs> what you reckon? Uh, what do I reckon? Yeah, 
I love it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I think it's really, really good. I think the the, the way the, the visuals work off it as well is yeah, really, really yeah. interesting. It's just basically something I haven't seen before. It's know? odd. It kind of reminded me of like Bowie's comeback where it was uh, where are we now, where it's just like the disembodied yeah. head. Yeah. But yeah, also yeah. that meme of the dude jumping into the river where he, then he goes on like a <laughs> oh, psychedelic yeah. journey. It was like this is some weird meme Bowie mashup things. It was quite cool. So yeah, yeah no, um, it's it's good gorgeous. stuff. Uh, so my track um, is from Christian Loeffler, uh, and the track is called Right. Christian Loffer, we've talked about him on the the uh, the podcast before. Um, mm. Dave became a fan last year um, after listening to his record Mall. Hugely, yeah, yeah. Um, he's basically a German producer and a composer. Um, he started out uh, his kind of creative career as a painter and went to school mm. for painting, and then started getting into um, production and, and dance music and stuff uh, from that side. Um, he is part of this kind of new age of electronic producers who are kind of it's a very european very almost like a nordic european thing where they're creating these huge almost ambient soundscapes and building them with dance music underneath um chiasmus would be a fairly obvious um uh, comparison um but christian loffler in particular has a really really amazing way of mixing natural sounds with um synth sounds and stuff like that and and builds this kind of sound that is very very natural like all of his like hats sound like the rustling of leaves and stuff like that yeah. and then all of his, his snare drums are like like wood hits yeah, and everything like that there's nothing organic, very like, like yeah. i don't know like there's something about the, the stuff that he takes and makes it feel so completely natural and then he it all feels very very atmospheric and and there's an amazing thing where i don't know i really really like like dance music is so m- m- methodical and so kind of trance like that most people use it to kind of build people up and that was how kind of dance music was started out as but what he's using that power of that like kind of that thing to almost build a more meditation and, and bring it in a different yeah. direction and he does it really really well um so his, his album from last year was uh mall which is really really great um this vid- rye uh the track came out and the video came out uh this week um it's the st- the opener track for an ep um which he just released called Grawl, which is named after his hometown um and Grawl is like a, it's an ep that was built from ideas um while he was on tour i mean this guy's been touring for like a year now like right. pretty constantly and he was making little kind of ideas and then he took three weeks out and then put the whole thing together and what's really interesting about it is in com- in comparison to say Mall, which is the, the record before this, this does feel more like a traveling record. Like it's it's a little bit more energetic. It has a little bit more of a movement to it, okay. which is really interesting. Um, it's a prologue. The EP is a prologue to an album that he's going to release before the end of the year. Um, and that album apparently is a kind of a big studio um, production. So it, this is a kind of in comparison to that kind of thing, if you know what I mean. Um, so it sounds super great. And there's the EP is actually worth listening to as a whole. There's really really amazing vocal tracks and stuff as well um it's really really beautiful i think there's an amazing crunch to it like i mean yeah that kind of crunch is a good word legitimate mm. kind of thing you can pick you can picture yourself in the situations you can see like you can taste the fucking dust like you, like you, yeah, you right, can see yeah. like the the time of day it is you can see the landscape like, like it's of your own making but yeah i mean i think ultimately in terms of capturing an atmosphere there's 
like he's kind of in a league of his own like right yeah. now and i just love it like, like like it just washes over me and it works for different kinds of moods mm-hmm. and i i get excited by it like i mean like like it kind of feels like i think that's a really good point actually that it suits for every mood like, which is weird kind of which put is it on fair, like because like because like, like john hopkins is similar in a way uh like there are some yeah. tracks on that last record which will do that to you as well but there's just something about it that always feels kind of lived in mm-hmm. and like I run out of ways to describe it because ultimately I kind of feel like I'm I'm almost over-egging the pudding and I shouldn't be like, you know, like just kind of like some music just breathes. And, yeah, and, yeah, the, yeah. and this is this is an example I, of I it. Sh- I should also mention as well that he's playing next week in Dublin. He's playing in the is that next week? Oh, next hey, week. Yeah. Day? 17th of April. Hopefully, hopefully um, I can go. Which I have tickets for. I've never seen him before live, so I am very excited. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that will be a different kind of techno gig, I guess, as yeah, you said, because it'll just yeah, be yeah, yeah, yeah. Just I don't let know it wash I'm, over you. I don't and know whether to wear like a, like a suit a, or like a <laughs> wear, wear a suit. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> always go with the suit. Have an herbal tea beforehand and then wear a suit. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm that gig's just going to be full of people just looking at each other and realizing things. Be <laughs> <laughs> the Kylie Jenner. I mean, that's what I would. I love that for a gig. <laughs> the Kylie Jenner 2017. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like realizing stuff of gigs. I have a t-shirt with that on it. Do you? Yeah. Of course you do. Amazing. Yeah, I'll echo your, your, you guys. I thought this was great. Um, there's no like payoff as such, but it's just like it's this slow charge. And yeah. it's very yeah, tangible feeling. It kind of, yeah, um, it's like built with vintage kind of instruments. It just mm-hmm. has that kind of thing. Like it sounds pretentious, but you, you kind of get that he's a painter. I don't even know. I know what you're there's kind of a yeah, build up yeah, of yeah. layers or just a kind of slow process to it that you yeah. can appreciate. Totally. And if you, if you look at the EP as well, uh, all the artwork is his own. So he's he's actually drawn the artwork um, himself. Uh, again, the EP is really worth checking out. The whole thing is really, really strong. Um, there's some really, really good tracks on there. So that's definitely what I'd be recommending this week for sure. Okay, Amazing. will we be recommending our album? That's the question. <laughs> there's been so much hype about this five piece from Dublin. They're called Fontaine's DC. Now, this is the part of the show where we play you a snippet of music. <laughs> so let's do that. I guess Wait a second, what's Girlband doing here? <laughs> How odd. Am I right? Hmm, curious. I feel like Girlband were there for a couple of reasons, so let's talk about them. One, which we'll get to in a moment, is do they sound the same? The other is, have you ever heard anything more punk rock than a record label not letting you play music from a fucking album that you're going to review? <laughs> Steady on now, Zive. There you go. I was thinking about that today. Like, I mean, obviously they, they wouldn't let us play any of the music from the record. Which is hilarious. Like, but, uh, they, but then I was kind of like, oh, well, you know, if I was a punk, it's like, well, why should why should they be? Yeah. Why should we be play, allowed to play their music? Why Why should we? I don't know. You're saying it's quite rock and roll. Yeah, I think it's quite rock and roll. Censorship is now (laughs) rock and roll. And to your second point, do they sound like girl band? Like, I absolutely don't think they do. No. I think that's a lazy comparison that too many people are In points, but no, over the course of this record, and I wasn't that familiar with them, um, I'd kind of seen them do their live thing, which I was kind of taken with a bit, but I didn't know their material that well. Nah, it's not very girl bandy. I think there's trace elements. If If you want to compare them with anything, you compare them to Whipping Boy. Or you would compare them to the fall, obviously. As yes. Well. Yeah. But the whipping whipping boy comparison for me was the part that I took away. Yeah, but those comparisons would also befall a girl band, and I think ultimately the girl <sighs> band thing, girl band like in some, in some respect, people say girl band have opened the doors for this kind of thing. Uh, I don't think they're sound alikes. I think there's trace elements, as I said. Uh, ultimately, I do think the Fontaines are doing their own thing, and I'm not here to say that they're not. 
However, I am here to say that I have it on very good authority that we're getting a new girl band album in a few months' time, and I'm very excited about that. And I think <laughs> it will fucking put this in the shade. So this is a this is an act uh, <laughs> and, and an album. <laughs> an act and an album that has been so talked about. I mean, like you know, I'm not going to bore you with boring, you know, inside baseball, music industry, Twitter shit. But I will say this sounds boring. <laughs> I will say this. Uh, the same article has been written. We alluded to talking to Sarah earlier on. Like the same article has has been written about a lot of bands uh, happening right now, a lot, a lot of UK press as well, which kind of stems from one big PR campaign, which is fine, that's what PR campaigns are there to do, but a lot of bands getting lumped into the same thing, and chief among them, top of the pile always, is Fontaine's DC. Um, to give them their due, they're clearly making something that people have an appetite for, by all accounts, they are very hardworking and nice young men, good for them. Uh, Dog Roll has a lot of masters to serve. We're looking at a band that could be a global thing. They could be, in fact, actually resurrecting a supposedly dead strand of guitar music. They could be uh, Ireland's next big thing for real. But is it too real for you, Craig? <laughs> yeah, that was that was a bit hard to take. That is it too real for you? Um, I think they're definitely in a different lane to girl band, um, and they've been, you know, quite open about girl band influencing them. Just in terms of like, they, I think they've said on a metaphysical level of just like opening some doors and thinking, oh, we can actually be a guitar band that is somewhat successful, which is yeah. great. Um, I don't usually check much press ahead of like an album review just because I don't want you know to get polluted with other people's thoughts and stuff. But I was looking at stuff just because of the you know the, the storm that's around them at the moment, and I find like I'm in some weird hinterland of um, not quite getting what the international press are saying and not quite getting the support at home. Um, like the stuff at home, I've seen reviews starting with, you know, um, chats about William Blake and how poetry is can, you know, elevate the soul um, and how Green here's lyrics are like between Flan O'Brien and Marky e. Smith um, and how it's like, you, you know, writers I respect saying this is, you know, rock music for today. I just thought, really, this is not a modern sound whatsoever. It's not really pushing any boundaries. And then the kind of foreign press is saying stuff like um, some true Irish, or should we say Irish lads, prick them and they bleed Guinness. So that's immediately cast aside. Um, For me, they almost have me in the middle section of this where they switch up what is their default thing of a bit of a smirk and a bit of a snarl and just straight ahead rock. I think actually when they lean into the kind of more melancholic melodic mm. side of things yeah, and their that. guitars get a bit dreamier and they just get a bit more expansive on the likes of say Roy's tune or the lots where there's some kind of cure elements coming I'm going to stop you for just a second because I'm not going to like, you know, go too negative on this record, but I will say this. Roy's tune, which arrives in the middle, and Television Screens, which is two tracks before, are two of the most generic, listless tracks I think I've ever heard. You don't in my like life. Roy's tune? They're I terrible. thought that was by far the standard. No, they're so weak. They're clangers, and ultimately, there's a lot of ambition on this record, and they stand out for that. Like they're just really throwback generic by numbers. Like Television Screens is like a really bad Whippin' Boy demo, and I can't stand his vocal yeah. on it. Ultimately, with this record, and again, I'm going into it with a degree of trepidation. When it starts off, you know, big is the opening track. Um, ultimately, my first impressions of this were extremely quite positive. Uh, I was like, yeah, no, there's there's identity here. There's a clip, there's a pace to it. I think some of the musicality is very impressive. Uh, I like the production in some respects and don't like it in others. But I like, you know, I like how propulsive and kind of aggressive the drums are. I, I think the bass sounds fucking gorgeous. Uh, I think that there's some, there's, there's some good guitar moments clicking on. See, I think, and what stops them being a girl band is they don't let themselves off the leash enough. 
No, I'm like, not. Yeah, but I think ultimately, in terms of arrangements, they don't. But I like I like how it sounds. Although it does, sound, he sounds a bit too clean. The riffs are so generic, though. It's, like they're more in line with a kind of that's why the, latter day Kings of Leon. Just that's why, word. as they say themselves, they're going to be big because unlike a girl band, this is like a marketable. I, I, okay, we need we need to, we need to park the girl band thing here. But like, I guess the reason we're doing so is because you know challenging slightly aggressive tunes this band played soccer am recently and if you look at the comments it is divisive but people are mostly kind of you know drinking the kool-aid here and i think they people have wanted an act that was a bit outside the box for them i don't think it's that outside the box i think it's a mainstream version of outside the box and as regards the vocals they tend to grate on me the the more i kind of went back to this record like by the end of it i found myself getting quite bored and when it closes with a fucking pogues number i was just like oh, okay ground i'm done that was okay. a real i'm seeing something completely different to what you two are seeing like, okay all right basically when when i came into this album i was kind of going one of my one of my things that i'd like to do when i when i look at an album is the idea is like can anyone else do this right so basically fontaine's dc we know that they're they're pushing themselves and they've already kind of admitted that they are the sound of dublin city right um, and I think they succeed in that because what what I really really see is like this doesn't even feel like an Irish album. What it feels like is a Dublin album. So like this is a it re- I think they really really nail the whole Dublin thing from their influences like all the way up to who they are right now. Okay. So like the, I think the Whipping Boy comparison is is pretty close to me, and it like the way that he delivers stuff, it sounds like Dublin. I think it really really when you're walking through the streets and actually listening to this record, it actually does make sense to me. Um, I, I kind of can see where you're coming from with like I, I feel like I've heard riffs like these before I feel like I heard the music of this before and yeah they probably aren't doing anything very very new but I think the new thing that they are doing is they're taking where they're from and actually putting it into a really really good album but you, like, I mean you could look at Radiators from Space and the Blades in the 1980s who were doing like albums that sounded exactly like this from Dublin but with better writing like yeah I mean that, do you know what I mean that's, that's, that's probably what I'm saying like, it yeah, doesn't yeah. feel new to me it's just been kind of dormant for so long that I guess people are like what so, you can do yeah. this I don't know spot I mean, on yeah so so I guess it probably has been done before and like yeah so so probably aren't, they aren't doing anything new but I would say that there's nobody else that can yeah, do what they're doing fair. at the time nobody else uh, yeah no I don't see I don't what about see... the same three or four acts to get lumped in with like, but I don't think anyone's coming even close to them with the like, like okay, like well, Pillow Queens is obviously completely different to this. Like, you can't say that Pillow Queens are the sound of Dublin. That's like mad. Mm. And like, you know, if anyone else is getting close to it, I think Fontaines are doing it better than most of the people that are there. Um, I also really, really think that uh, is a Green Greens. Yeah, Green, green Chatton. I, yeah. I, I think he's the real deal. I think I think if really? you've ever seen him live, and if you yeah, yeah, he's quite him, like captivating life. Even his fucking look, like he looks like a Dublin. I, I think they make way more sense when you see them live that's yeah and i mean and that's that's a fair point as well it's like this type of music it's always really really difficult to put down on a record like a lot of the time it just doesn't even make sense on a record and there's a weird thing with this type of music as well where sometimes you just you just kind of ask like what is the point of recording this like like why why would i listen to a record of this this is more of a live band i would go see this band before i listen to the record so sometimes you can just kind of throw it up and just kind of go well maybe you just need to see this live and ignore that there's an album (laughs) if you know what i mean they could do Um, a live album (laughs) like i I, to be honest like i can i can see where you're coming from where you're saying okay well it's been done before and there are bands that have everything's been done before to be honest i really really like television screen (laughs) i really really liked it I thought it was great uh, and a, also Dublin City Sky I, I like I actually did like the idea of taking that back and bringing it back <laughs> here's my I thing don't, I don't, here's, don't, my, here's my thing right I don't care 
I don't care about Dublin enough to need an album like this. I don't care about, you know, like, I'm not, I'm so not patriotic. Like, I think Irish people are fucking dicks. And I include myself <laughs> in that statement. But ultimately, I don't care. I don't care about the narrative. Do you, I well, don't care about the sentiment. If we, if we step away from Fontaine's DC, then, are there any intrinsically kind of Irish bands where you go, oh, that works for me just because of the sheer quality? Or, oh, actually, I can get into what they're saying about the country. Do you not know, find it interesting that th- like that album is born out of a place? Like, there's not really anything like that like anymore. Do you know My I mean? blood doesn't run green. Like, I don't care. I just don't. But and, I, yeah. Like, I, I really don't. And, like, it's, it's a hard sell on me. It's clearly not a hard sell on an awful lot of people. And I would I would put down a similar feeling. I wouldn't have as strong an emotional reaction I to this ha- I as I would I to had. say the gloaming. But I would yeah. say that there's a similar thing going on here, where it's like they're taking where they're from, they're taking their background, and they're making something interesting that nobody else could make. Yeah, but even like you know, like oh, like spits out Brits out, only smokes carols and that kind of stuff. I'm just like, oh. yeah, but they're not that's, saying that. no, that's, that's a, a character. character I know, story. but yeah. like that's the thing of like you know, like like the character study of like again characters that I don't find compelling, and I'm just like. You know, romantic Dublin, though. Like it's, it's so <laughs> done. It's so fucking done. And like, you know, like yeah, this is a throwback, and it is everything old is new again. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. and I, look, listen, I got no problem with it existing. I got no problem with people falling in love with it. None whatsoever. I wish them fucking all the luck in the world. And you know, it's you know, but I'm not one of these people as well who like you know, my dick doesn't get fucking hard over like Irish acts doing well. I don't care about that kind of stuff. And that shouldn't be a prerequisite. We live in this time now where like you know, like we're we're giving out about like oh evil critics saying bad things. And I'm like, well, that's the job of fucking critic, mate. That's the whole point. Be honest or don't. This yeah, notion that like a, a review should be a press release really pisses me off as does the notion that like just because they're Irish you know shout them from the rafters no if they're Irish and they're fucking good shout them from the rafters this band are perfectly fine they're grand I haven't seen them live apparently that's where it's at but I'm here to judge the album and it's not their fault that like there's a, t- a fuck ton of hype around them and, that's an and, important and, and, point and, like. that, and that the same interview is being written and the same whatever album campaigns happen for every single artist and you know it's my job as a journalist to interview artists all the fucking time and I don't just pick and choose my favourites you know like you know sometimes you're assigned sometimes you're not sometimes you want to talk to someone because you think the person's more interested in the music, that's fine. I, I just find that when you get the barrage of it, it can be a problem. Now, with this record, when I threw it on, ultimately, I did find myself won over by it to a degree. It might not sound like it, but legitimately was, because I was kind of like, I, I don't, I, I think I know everything I need to know. I don't think I like it. Uh, coming out of it, that hasn't changed to an insane degree, but it's changed to some degree. I think there is quality here. I think there is something here. I always hate when I say stuff like this, but with this act, it's particularly resonant. I'm really interested to see what the second album looks like. And that's a really interesting point mm. because it does feel like a band, and we've had this problem before in Ireland where like a band will do one album and then it'll fall yeah, off the wayside. True. Like It'll be really interesting to see. It's also more from a writing point of view because I don't want this again. Well, I that's think, going to be really interesting I think where like his strength isn't doing this kind of um, you know razor-sharp social commentary. And I don't think he... Like when he tries to do the kind of punk snarly thing, he doesn't have quite the wit and light or maybe even humour to kind of pull off those lines. Like it feels very hackneyed. That's I think why his, I think that middle middle section where is commitment, isn't it? Like that's why like, that's why, for example, Roy's tune worked for me because he actually has this kind of emotional um vocal performance and it's kind of lyrically enigmatic enough and personal enough that you don't feel like he's just doing a here's the state of the nation address. Do you know what I mean? 
Yeah, but at the same time, did you get something in that place? Did you get a substitution that was worthy? Did you get a story with characters and a narrative and an arc that you felt was actually good and was genuinely interesting and brought you somewhere and left you with some kind of impression of anything? Did you get that instead? Musically, it worked for me. Yeah, I didn't get a narrative, but I don't think I, I don't think they were aiming for a narrative either. I think it's more like a kind of a, a snapshot or a postcard. I think they were aiming for a narrative. I mean, when you, when you talk not, about... Not a st- standard, conventional yeah. hero's journey narrative, but I think the whole thing is, that, and Dublin obviously is the character, but sorry, go on. But no, yeah, I mean, th- there's so many tracks. I, the problem for, with this for me is, like, I've loved a lot of the bands they've loved, so I would hear a track and be like, well, that's the riff from that 13th Floor Elevator song that came out in, like, the late 60s. Do you know what I mean? So this is like, you need to be exceptional to do this kind of music because it's old-fashioned music now. We have to admit <laughs> it, like... It's it's from a different era, and yeah, it's, yeah. that's to me why it's not really representative of Dublin because, like, uh, you know, hip hop is more representative of Dublin to me now. Do you that's know what I mean? An interesting point, actually. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. Um, I do think there's potential there. I mean, they're good musicians. I feel like if he can find his voice, yeah, the second album could be good. But it's just it's too kind of trodden ground for me, um, and it doesn't quite work. Give me a number. Uh, five. I enjoyed the album and I'll come back to it. Uh, I'll give it a 7. 5.5. All right. Hmm. That's the episode, guys. Which was engineered with love by Sonic Architect Eve Murray. (laughs) In the other listening corner, Craig and me have the same (laughs) album. (laughs) I think everyone's been falling in love with this record over the course of the last week or so. It is, of course, Way's Blood and her fourth record, Titanic Rising. Uh, It's a fucking marvel, isn't it? It's very good. It sounds very good. Oh, I don't here we go. No, like this is me being <laughs> guilty of reading people's reactions where people are like, this is easily going to be the album of the year. This is like a once in a generation <laughs> record comparing it to the greats. I'm like, I'm not sure if the songs are quite there. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not with that level. But it sounds sublime it's great it's like you put it on and it's just you kind of marvel but I just I don't know if there's like classics on if someone was like I have no idea who this person is why should I listen what are your like comparison points or even like why they should listen it reminds me quite a lot of like Carole King um, and a lot of those just kind of tremendous 70s songwriters um, and just in terms of the soundscapes I guess it's, it's a more modern thing it actually reminded me in parts of Father John Misty's more yeah. kind of cosmic stuff, There's you know, when that, he goes yeah. big on yeah. like pure comedy. Even and... the melodies, like, yeah. kind of uh, goes into that. I'm also like, I'm, I'm, I'm extra now furious in retrospect with Hozier for his album, art, <laughs> his his album artwork because his album artwork is like very similar to this album artwork, and she did it better. She also made a better album. Dahi, what have you been listening to? Uh, I've been listening to Connor Walsh's track, uh, Bars. Connor Walsh is a, a composer who passed away um, a few years ago. Um, Bars was one of the tracks off an album that's just been released, which was, it's a posthumous album, basically, um, which they, uh, he it was like fully formed on his al- on his laptop when, when he died, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Brendan from Feel Good Lost just made a video for it, which is really, really worth a look. Um, Connor was really, really big into fly fishing. I had heard, I had heard a story... <laughs> a while ago about how Connor had like gigabytes of video footage on a laptop of um, uh, salmon swimming upstream in Mayo somewhere like nice. just hours and hours and hours of it and he wanted to make a music video uh, out of it oh. um, but anyway the, the music video is worth a look uh, and the song is really really beautiful kind of like atmospheric ambient yeah beautifully uh, realised by, by our friend Brendan Canty mm. who described working on it as a surreal and humbling experience and I think ultimately they did do him proud they did him justice and it's yeah. a great track as well he really do kind of sink into it 
So, yeah, that's the show. Um, hopefully next week on the show we'll have an interview with a man by the name of God Knows. Woo! Mm, Rusangano family member God Knows. Uh, because Dahi and I are going to record that interview tomorrow morning. We are. Bright I'll be in work. Yeah, you'll be in work. Corporate stooge. Slacking <laughs> off as always. And uh, yeah, so I guess a, a, a bit of a teaser for that one though. Um, when this episode drops, you'll get to hear this track at your leisure. But we're going to also play it right now. It's in fact the debut single from God Knows. It's called Crown, in case you wonder what he's been up to. And it's a track that ultimately, I didn't necessarily know quite what to expect from it. But I definitely got something different than I expected. And I very much enjoyed what I got. So with that in mind... My name is David William Hanrady. My feet are down. They're off the chair. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> this has been no encore. There will be no encore. And this is God Knows with Crown. Good luck. Hurry. Sometimes you gotta put a crown on him. Let us see if he suits like the blonde on him. Give him a piece of the pie like Juju on him. Watch their reaction soon as the next round's on him. Woof! I love to drop the gold on him. Let us see if they shine Masa Musa on him. Million dollar babies eat wood on him. Watch their reaction soon as the next round's on him. Kojak had daily daydreams Like a hotel bathroom nightmares Uncle selling perfumes in the jacks Not because he don't know Jack But because he don't know Jack Just Baba Day and he's back home And he ain't going back To opioid addiction and employment That's about concoction That's just emotion when you're tossed in the ocean Brothers back home getting sold like an auction What am I talking about man? Brothers back home getting sold at an auction while I'm out here try to function Gambino said this is America Nah fam, this is the world Man's need escape KMT in the world of littles I'm out there somewhere in the green like nettles Writing like I'ma be a spokesperson for Tesco's Every little helps, every little helps Summertime barbecue vibes Tupac poetic justice I'm your cousin when I'm pulling up God knows, real name, no gimmicks, or be twice when they pull this up. Before you put me on that pedestal, lay it all down, lay it all down for me. Came in the game with a bad man tune, then I came in the game with a bad man team. Oh, reloaded bad man album, still got the awards to show them. Got both the man in my clear, Limerick, Cork, City, South, repping. Oh yeah, man, still repping. Rapping like I ain't been ramping, ramping like I ain't been rapping. With Rira still snapping, how can I quit rapping? With Mech still snapping, how can I quit rapping? Wicked like Levy and them, I'm the best rapper alive. That's what Kendrick said before we put him on the pedestal. I'm the best rapper alive, I'm the best rapper alive. That's what Weezy said before we put him on the pedestal. Nah, but God knows you're not though. Cool story, bro, I'm on the edge board, doing it for the youth. So you gotta be confident, nobody tells you that. Keeping it real, like Polly, alright. G.I. Costello, J. Yolo L. Jafaris, Merly, we ready for the freedom fight. Same difference, Joan and DK, spec, respect. It ain't easy doing this every other day. Some of us ain't living from this. Ain't you noticed? Ten years in. Still call me 
up and coming Like watch out for that kid He up to something Few years later Thought he was up to something I digress IDK And none of us will ever be here Without a DJ Bless up Sometimes you gotta put a crown on him Let us see if he's suits like the blonde on him Give him a piece of the pie like Juju on him Watch their reaction soon as the next round's on him Woof! I love to drop the gold on him Let us see if they shine Masa Musa on him Million dollar babies east wood on him Watch their reaction soon as the next round's on him This podcast is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. Competition never waits. Take your gear on the go with a custom pack built to protect it. Because any place can be an arena. Game on. The Tumi Esports Capsule. Available on Tumi.com and select Tumi stores. Hello, this is Danny Pellegrino, host of the Everything Iconic podcast, and I'm here to tell you all about Splash Refresher, because hydration is mandatory, but boring is not. Now, I love my water, but if I don't spice it up, I'm not going to finish what I took out of the fridge. That's why I love my Splash Refresher, which is flavorful, delicious, bright, hydrating, and zero calories. The wild berry flavor is my fave. No, wait, is the pineapple mango flavor my fave? You know what? All five craveable Splash Refresher flavors are my fave because they're so delicious. So get hydrated and enjoy it with Splash Refresher. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com. <laughs>